Hey, what's up, man? We're back. It's episode 58, first smoke of the day. It's your boy, Pat Gods here. I'm here with my co-host, Blackleaf, in the building. What up, what up? And today, we got a, a Bay Area's own, my man, Greasy Genetics. What's good, homie? How you doing? How you doing? Good to have you, bro. Good to be here. Hell yeah, good man. Be it's been here. a long time coming, and we got you in here, and we're we're tasting some of this pistachio gelato. Let's this do shit it, man. is crazy, bro. Well, people always would be like, oh, it doesn't, you know, it's a pistachio. This How much is this is like pistachio. real pistachio? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, when I'm making a strain too, I mean, we're, I'm old school. So what it smells and tastes, it has to reflect on the name. You know what I mean? And not every time, but it's, it's cool when it does, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you, when you see those strains that it's, you know, this pastry or that or whatever it may be, and it, yeah you know it's the average yeah, yeah. thing it's a letdown it's a letdown when the when the flavor matches the strain name it's to me that's the total package and we would name things that would relate to the strain you know to kind of keep them keep track of them you know what i mean you're losing track when you just come up with out of the s198 right number two you know and you're like what right where'd that one go no one has any clue <laughs> no significance no, I get that. It's, this one, I mean, it matches it not only from the smell. I haven't tasted it yet, but I'm sure through the dry pool, it tastes not only yeah. from the taste, but the look is crazy because you said, look, and when you break a, a bud, it's purple on the inside, the same as a pistachio. And the outside has that crazy khaki color almost. Yeah. It's yeah. trippy. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm part Iranian. So growing up, pistachios was a big thing. You know, in my family, and my dad would always bring pistachios from Iran and he would have them either mailed or when they go visit, they bring them back. And the pistachios from Iran are actually illegal to import for sale. So if you're just going to bring a bag for yourself, that's fine. But if, you, you know, since the 70s, they had made this illegal and these pistachios are very good. I mean, they're fire. Wow. So it's a unroasted thing. They're like a raw pistachio. And uh, it comes, it's, it's very delicious, man. It's, it's, it's next level pistachio. So um, the strain, it wasn't like I set out to make the strain. I had uh, did a pheno hunt and, you know, one of the strains was the pistachio was sticking out, but I didn't have a name for it. We were like, I had so many people smell that bag of weed and yo, what does this smell like to you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, bro. It's, it's something, but I just don't know. And, uh, you know, one day I have a trimmer and she's very nice, very smart girl. And you know how I know she has a good nose? I was smoking some Gary Payton. Okay. And she smelled it and said, is that, is that snowman? I said, damn, how did you know that? Well, I used to be friends with powers. He used to give us weed. And so honestly, uh, I thought, man, you're the perfect person. Let me have you smell this bag. First thing she did, she put her head in the bag. First thing she said, pistachios. No way, you're right. That is it. And like, I was excited because, dude, I'm Persian, I'm Iranian. This is perfect. Like, it found me. I didn't find this strain, it found me. You know what I mean? So that's, that's one thing I really like about the pistachio and the high, the taste, everything. It's, it's different than other weed. Strong. I, I'm, I'm like five or six hits in and the first thing I feel already is I can feel my upper brow relax immediately you get that relaxing feeling like wash over yeah it's Smooth, phenomenal clean you know the plant itself it wants to burn white like it's one of those in the garden that just keeps its vigor 
the stems, you know, when you see a plant getting stressed, you'll start seeing the stems turn red, right? That's one of the, this one wants to stay green, even when it should have been mad. You know what I mean? Even when it should have been, all the, all the rest Good of them genetics. are turning. Yes. And mm -hmm. it's like, wow. So this, it's really vigorous. That's the one thing about it. And uh, I think that that's one key when it comes into white ash is you have to have your plant, you know, the roots have to be white if, you know, if you will. So basically happy plants equal happy fruit. Do you, you mind talking about it? you run rock wool, soil, hydro, soil, uh, soil. So living soil is, is, is my way. So, uh, nice. it's not quite like a full till, uh, or no till like the, you know, like the, um, no till Kings guys, but it's going to be more like, uh, you know, I replace the soil every time. So it's, it's, it's basically I'm mastering, you know, the base nutrients mm -hmm. and then gearing steering uh the quality towards uh with biostimulants so like amended soil with supplements got you yeah but you know like uh not so much amended soil so basically like the microbes humus i focus on bricks you know what i mean mm -hmm. so so when you're when you're focusing on bricks level you got to kind of use living soil the ecosystem the food soil web so basically what it is is you know, um, anyone can do this. You, you master a base, whether it's an organic base, salt, whatever. So I, I like an organic, non-chemical process base, right? And then I'm going to use all organic biostimulants on top of that. And each one does a certain thing. So, uh, you know, if you're talking about calcium, calcium is an immobile nutrient. So it's only taken up in the transpiration stream, right? So that means if this leaf here mm -hmm. needed some calcium, it can't take it from this leaf and put it into this leaf. Mm. It's immobile. It has to be taken up in the transpiration stream. Using uh, biostimulants like amino acids, you open up the roots. It takes up calcium a thousand times greater than it would without that. You understand? So, oh, wow. Very interesting. That's why you'll see plants with issues when there's an issue and it'll be at a level and then they'll grow past it and it will stay. You'll be like, oh, three weeks ago you had a problem. There's a, you know, I, I see what you're saying. Very right. interesting. Right. So, so basically using organic biostimulants is hard to do in a large scale because people are using spaghetti lines and they don't want to run humic acid. They don't want to put molasses. They don't want to put certain things that can go bad in their reservoir. Right. So that's where you get the other side of things where, you know, there's, there's a few ways to grow. You know, you have your, your salt delivery, right. And then you have your carbon delivery, which is like organic salt delivery in most cases you're going to bring the EC up high, maybe 3.08 EC. And this is to force the nutrients into the roots. Mm -hmm. Well, when the EC is this high and you have that high of nutrients, now there's a problem that arises. Bad bacteria can go rampant on those nutrients. It can, it can go crazy because that high of EC, it can feed off of that. And they know that. So a lot of these guys run something like a cleanse or a, or a sanit, you know, Life comes from life, in my opinion, right? If you have to give a dead nutrient to your plant, not only dead, it's killing life <laughs> along with it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's how you're going to feed your plant? What, what, why? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Seems to be working backwards. It's two different texts. What it is, is two different theories. It's the theory of hydro, keep everything clean, keep everything sterile, soil, build an eco web, build a system, add beneficials into it and create this living soil or this living organism that feeds the plant, you know, the fruit. Yeah, no, it's, I, I love it, bro. I, I like where you're going with it because 
So if you look at produce, right, and you look at a tomato, so we take a commercially grown hydroponic tomato in Walmart. Then you have an organic tomato heirloom in Whole Foods, okay? Even if it's the same variety of tomato, not heirloom, what if they're the same variety? Still, this one is going to have maybe five times less nutrition than a really well-grown in living soil. And why is that? Because the BRICS level, BRICS, all plants' jobs, every plant is to make, has a job to make sugar, okay? And that sugar level correlates with the mineral level. So the mineral level and sugar level e equate. If you test the sugar level and it's high, that means the minerals are high. That means the plant is productive and it's a healthy plant. Okay, hydro usually nets a pretty low BRICS because you're skipping processes there. Okay, you're skipping the process with the microbes. You're skipping these kind of carbon sugar exchanges that goes down beneath the soil. So when you skip that process to get to the dollar, sure, you get a nice yield. Sure, you get a, a red shiny tomato, but does it have the same nutritional value? And then when you think about medicinal crops, does it have the same medicinal value? It doesn't. It's five times less, you know, from a really well-grown living soil to a commercially hydroponic system. You see what I'm saying? And, and it, basically that bricks level, the higher the bricks, the better. And you can do that with strawberries, blueberries, weed, whatever it may be. So uh, it's a cool process to watch too, if you haven't seen it, where they like take a slice of a plant, put it on the little thing, and it like literally reads it. It reads yeah, the testing sugar the bricks, count. You, you need a, uh, I'm probably saying it wrong, refractometer, uh, spelled something like that. But Why didn't you want to say, right. yeah, 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 yeah it's refractometer, something like that. Refractometer probably is what it is, but uh, you, you take some uh, leaf like this, mm -hmm. you cut the leaf here at this, you wouldn't even leave the stem. And I would probably suggest this leaf up here, okay? So it's top, newer formed, it's, that's gonna be where you wanna test. And you take that in a garlic press, you'll press it and get some juice and squeeze it onto the refractometer. Then you're gonna be able to see uh, what your BRICS level is. And if it's above 10, above 12. Now, it, you don't wanna do this in the middle of veg, right? Because mm -hmm. in the middle of veg, the plant's being productive. It's using the sugars and it's not storing it, right? In the end, the, the weed towards the end of its life is going to start storing sugars for the next season. Even though there's not going to be another season, naturally the plant is going to start storing sugars. So that's why it's good towards the end to kind of feed some sugar. Like So when should you test for bricks? Like when's the optimal time in the plant's life to test for bricks and, and what should our levels be? So you're looking at towards harvest. Okay. So when the bricks is at the highest, it's kind of indicating it's time to harvest. You see what I'm saying? So, so that's when you're going to want to hard, test it is towards the end. The sugars are at the highest count. Yeah, is when it matters. Gotcha. So uh, I'd say anywhere from 12 to 15 bricks is a very healthy plant. So if you can get it to 12 to 15, you're, you're doing good. Definitely. And just so people know, you're not juicing the bud. You're juicing the actual leaf. Yes. Yep. Not even the stem, just the leaf. You'd cut it here and just take the leaf. Yep. And I like to just rip it, you know, really break the cell walls, crush mm -hmm. the cell walls, get it, and then just test it in the You in want the, the most press. accurate count that way. Yes. Got you. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that, bro. That's in depth. Someone I, who cares. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you take a look at his Instagram as well, you'll see yeah. quick. There's pretty thorough person, pretty thorough guy. I even see, like, giving suggestions on, like, uh, which socks to wear. 
Yeah, you know, the, like, yeah. like you've taken organic and like made it around every part of your life, like testing air inside of cars to see, you know, the right. different emissions and shit in the cars, like saying, you know, get into it a little bit. You know, it's yeah, it's interesting know, stuff. It, it's definitely got me fascinated. There's one thing that you guys could check out, too, is um, it's ecocenter.org and they do all these kind of tests. Um, it got me going, too, but not just them, you know, and. My sister passed away from cancer when I was 11 years old. She was 15. Damn, that makes sense. So sorry to hear that. The doctor couldn't tell you what it's from. Where did the cancer come from? And then you hear, oh, well, this caused cancer. Polyester, this, that. And polyester, polyester is bad. If you look it up, you'd be surprised. Polyester, just your body heat is enough to release fumes that's not very good for you that can mess with your hormones it can cause cancer it can do certain things so polyester bedding is it's horrible they have heating blankets that are made out of polyester they do you put it in the dryer that creates fumes you see what i'm saying that's wow. just polyester there's so many other things and now you you go your whole life to avoid polyester and you buy a car and they made the interior with nylon and polyester <laughs> and you sit in there all day if you you're could a, be yeah. a, a billionaire and you would have to redo all your stuff You'd have to go redo your car and redo this. And then the second you walk into a store, you're catching all that stuff that you try to stay away from. I mean, it's, I don't know. You can only get so crazy with it. But uh, the meter he's talking about is kind of like an air quality index. It also tests uh, VOC, volatile, uh, volatile organic compounds, which could be anything from paint fumes to fresh watermelon busting open. So it's hard to really pinpoint, is this bad or not? And it also t- it tests for formaldehyde. But if you walk into an empty room where nothing's been for a while and you test and that number's high, there's an issue. You know what I'm saying? Because there ain't been no watermelon in that room, right? It's like right. no one's been in that. I see where you're going with it, yeah, though. It's like you, presumptive it analysis. And it's like jumps up to some crazy number mm-hmm. and there's it's a brand new car. There's nothing in it. Then it's it's the glues. It's it's something Ooh. that's, you know, probably not good for you. You know Damn, what I'm saying? Bro. Benzines and, you know, all different things that you name it. You know, the worst one is Chrysler PT Cruiser. That's the worst car rated as toxic materials and don't quote me, but it's like lead in the seats and different things that I read some crazy stuff about the PT Cruiser. So this is shit you wouldn't even know. Right. Well, they're all different cars, uh, have different ratings. I think the Honda 2012 Honda was one of the best as far as clean, uh, you know, in, in Japan, they get offensive with the new car smell. It's an, they're offended by it. Right. And they should be, you should be offended by that. Here we're like, oh, cool, new shoe smell, new car smell. Sell it as a new air freshener. Ho- damaging my hormone smell, new cancer maybe wow. in the future smell. That's not good. You know, a new car smell maybe should be illegal. I don't know. Maybe it should. Maybe they should make things, because think about it. We're in California. It gets how hot out here. You're going to go put your car in the sun and then close the doors and put the AC on? I mean, you're taking in all that stuff and then people wipe their car down with armor alls and this and that. And where does it do? It evaporates and goes into your lungs. It goes into, you breathe it in, you take it in, you sit on the seats. It absorbs into your clothes. You go wash it into your washer. It spreads to your underwear. You put it on. It's touching your private parts. Yeah. You armor all yourself. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Effectively. <laughs> That's crazy. That's wild. Shiny balls. Yeah. Straight up. And then wow. you wonder why, uh, you know, man, sir, you have, testicles cancer or something and it's like what the hell bro you're like my truck was always perfect like yo i washed every pair of underwear i had yeah 
It's fucked up though. If you really start thinking about it, you yeah, can really go down scary. a wormhole quick. Right. But that's why you said with socks, yeah, put us on some sock game. What's what's up with the socks? Bro? Yeah, put us right. on a little game. People, let's go down this rabbit hole just for a minute. You know, like there's go, a certain type of socks you won't wear, right? Well, I mean, I, I kind of just, for, for the socks, your feet kind of absorb things too. You ever heard of being grounded, right? Yes. Going outside in the ground. Yes. So what you put on your socks could affect you, right? I mean- so uh, I'm not an expert on that, but for this, for just clothing, I like to stick with organic. It's not pesticide sprayed clothes. It's not GMO cotton. You see what I'm saying? So I found a really cool, um, I'll drop their thing. It's Harvest and Mill. That's a really cool brand, um, man. And they're made in California. All, everything's grown and sewn in the United States. You think I work there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's heirloom cotton, organic, and they don't even dye it. So I was going to wear that. I have it in my, ba- in my bag, the whole Harvest and Mill fit right there. I was either going to wear that or the Don Murphos fit, man. But yeah, shout out yeah. to Don, man. Shout yeah. out to Don Murphos, A1. Man. Huge shout out. going to drop one soon. Pistachio Gelato sitting here. Fire. Now Crazy. I know why We're he was tripping. We, we, I scooped Greasy up at an organic food spot, not knowing any better. And he was like, bro, this place is dope as fuck. It's like all organic and da-da-da. And the more he got into it, I'm like, yeah, it is, bro. It is. You're right. And uh, now I know why. It makes yeah. it's all wow. Yeah. So it translates into, you know, while we're sitting here today, it translates into the weed he grows, you know, and it makes for really interesting. One more thing I want to ask you about, though, is the, the <laughs> burner. Because when you like take videos of your bong oh, hits and you the got herb the roll, iron. what is it? Herb iron. Herb iron. Herb iron. I almost iron. brought it, but oh, I, I didn't know if I could fly with one. You know what I mean? I was like, do you think they, they might think this is something weird? It's, and just take yeah, it. Yeah. And, yeah. What is it, if you don't mind? It's a basically like a soldering iron. Maybe I could have just told them it's a soldering iron. I might have been, but why would you need a soldering I'm iron? I'm a welder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on computer parts. So. That's it's crazy because it is a it's based off a of soldering iron. So back in the day, right? I'm old school, man. We I've been smoking with this thing for over 15 years, and and it wasn't the herb iron back then. So back then, it was a Japanese company called the Hako. Uh, it was called Hako, and it, the product was Hako Dash, and the, they had a 15 watt and a 25. I remember like yesterday, you wanted the 25 watt. 15 watt wouldn't really heat enough to burn your weed. The 25 watt was the one. So Hako Dash 25 watt, and they don't even make this anymore. It was a ceramic heating element, just like the herb iron, but no button. So this is the funny part about it. You, you know, you get it and you unscrew the tip and there's a ceramic tip underneath this metal soldering thing. So you just pull that off and man, you, you just did a hack. Now you use that for your weed. It's the cleanest taste ever. It's like taking a solar hit outside with a magnifying glass, but inside. So now you got the sun everywhere. It was sweet. So, and one cool thing, one main thing you'll notice, because I'm a bong smoker, mainly, you know, I love joints, white ash, but the thing about the, uh, the bong, it's more of a full-on experience for me. I get more flavor, I get more, uh, you know, just subtle effects of the weed, everything, right? So, I'm a bong guy, coming up smoking bongs my whole life, using the lighter. Now, when you use the lighter, and then you go to the herb iron, right? Now you go back to the lighter. You taste something you never tasted before. You taste fuel. It tastes like you put kerosene, not in a good way, on your weed. Like it tastes barbecue. I had a homie, whenever it was like lighter and a bong together, he'd be like, oh, I'm not barbecuing. That was his thing. I'm not barbecuing because it would taste like barbecue. And you really only taste it 
once you try like an herb iron or something, the, the hemp wick might work. I don't know. But when you're holding something that's burning above your weed, you're smoking that too. So you're smoking hemp and wax and stuff too when you have that above your bud. So very good point. Uh, I mean, it might be all right to light your joint with, but dude. <laughs> wow that's and you Very do get point. a real good terpene i bet profile off of that something like you that you should see the close-up bong hits he does of it and he he gets the weed to like light uniform and it's just it just looks we'll, we'll cut to that it, if yeah, we could it, yeah we'll show that yeah yeah absolutely if we could show that um yeah we want to show you guys back like like the shit he's talking about be able to take clips and want to show the, the pistachio gelato the 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 comparison to a real pistachio yes definitely we can show that one too <laughs> that's hilarious the herb iron i, I have that when you when you light it like that i feel like there's just the resin i don't know it just seems like a formula of a, a combination of things that you do that just it just really it's uh it's different for sure the resin yeah. production and shit's crazy Oh, yeah. And then when if, if you light a joint, you're able because you can't light a joint upside down with a lighter. I mean, it's, it's not going to look pretty. Your lights, your joints going to turn black from all. The, it's just going to be weird. Um, you can, however, light a joint upside down with the herb iron. And when your joints upside down, what's that doing? That's going to start bringing heat to the weed. Then heating up the weed is going to make it sweat. And then you're going to get what's called a resin ring to appear. Right. And usually holding it upside down, you get more of a resin ring. If you're, and it's also to do with the temperature as, as you really, it's to do with how you're smoking it partly as well. If we're here talking, you know, it's going to be a different thing. It's going to be a different temperature, different, the joint's going to simmer down a little bit <laughs> until we hit it. And then stuff like that. Well, and so, by doing this, the smoke travels up through the joint constantly. So it's almost like you're smoking every hit of the joint versus turning it upside down, which almost lets it off gas. But right. I see exactly. Yes, I, it, it and, is. It's and very when you interesting. Hold it this way, you'll notice your ashes will actually have some orange or amber in the, uh -huh. in, and that's the, the smoke. Have you ever like, uh, it's the resin. Through the you know people are like wait why is that why are the ash orange that's some dirty weed it's not it's it's good weed that's THC and and other cannabinoids burning and creating resin in your ash wow that's not any CalMag leftover or anything like that bro it's rockwool bro yeah it's a piece stuck to the outside of the weed yeah. so fucking mids man yeah, yeah a lot of people they'll be like why why is that ash that, I I've seen that and I didn't know well, I swear to God I've grown batches where I'm like this. wow this is burning an interesting color at the yeah tip. the orange yeah and yeah. you're like wow this is interesting it tastes great it smells good but well, wow. what color is what color is resin yeah amber orange wow and and, and interesting. if you take if we had a napkin or something a white sheet and you were to take a hit in between and then you look at it it'd be that same color in your ash and yep. you're, what do we have white ash now. So now you can see it more. You see what I'm saying? There's something that a lot of times 10 years ago, we didn't always have as beautiful white ash as we do today. Unless it was like an old school guy that kind of knew that recipe because they did exist, you know? The recipe. Mm -hmm. All the old school guys know about that Get recipe. Get into the recipe. Well, I mean, shoot. I would say, you know, a lot of people... In the industry, they think they got to flush. The, the more you flush, the cleaner your weed is going to be. But think about this. The tobacco industry, cigar industry, they've already known this for years. The minerals are what kind of causes white ash. And if you flush out all your minerals, then it's not going to be white ash anymore. You know what I'm saying? So uh, one time I thought I was doing something, trying to learn 
you know, I've been growing for 21 years. Wow. So trying to, trying to learn how to grow took a while, right? There's a lot of mistakes we made in, uh, as I call of duties, mistakes was made. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, mistakes were made. And I uh, flushed for three weeks one time thinking this is going to be the cleanest shit I've ever grown. Watch. Though these guys think there's something. All right. <laughs> Watch this. Blackest weed I've ever had in my life. And it wouldn't even stay lit. It was so bad. I gave it to my homeboy. Here, bro, you can have this shit. And he's like, hey, I was smoking it with my boy. And he kept asking, why is it going out? Like, we've been, I've been sitting here talking. This thing will keep going for whatever. But <laughs> Like a good cigar. They couldn't even pass it without it going out. And he's like, why does it keep going out on me? He said, told him, look, man, it's a safety feature. <laughs> Say, hey, look, you don't want to burn yourself down. You know what I mean? So fall asleep on All it. All he so. needs one hit. The one hit with Twitter. <laughs> safety feature. You're trying to explain it's cleaner than the other so stuff. And they're you, like, it looks dark, though. Different <laughs> batch. <laughs> Splash for three weeks, bro. Yeah. That's funny, though. You're, going, you're trying to go over the top. You're trying to really push it. And it ends up going the opposite way versus. And there's, there's a balance, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean just keep feeding and then don't flush at all. Right. And, and, and the flush is a different term. I use flush, but maybe I should say something else because so many people know flush is something else. You know what I mean? There's different techniques of it, right? There's a scale down technique where you go from, you know, every day it's a lower PPM and you start to slowly pull from the plant. Well, that would be, that would be cool. Um, I don't like doing that though, because, okay, you're, you're causing like a potassium deficiency, right? Potassium is the quality element that gives you your shelf life, that brings the sugars to the ends of the leaves. We talk about bricks, okay? That, that creates more resin. It creates the more, more flavor, you know? I mean, think about it. So when your plant's robbing itself, and a lot of times plants are robbing itself of potassium early, not late, but while it's growing, the plant's still green, but it's robbing itself of potassium. When you see these hairy buds that never develop, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then what do you think happened there? Well, it, it, first off, the plant depletes potassium fast. And if you're using bloom boosters, even faster. And then it depletes calcium just as fast. Maybe even faster. So those calcium is king, right? And a lot, I used to, I've grown into grow stores. You remember earlier we were talking off camera and you said, you could just go into a grow store and ask the guy behind the counter and sort of figure out a way to grow. And yeah, for sure. But some of these guys will steer you all wrong too. Totally agree with I've that. Ask the guy behind the counter. Trick questions. Just to see. I said, hey, bro, when do you cut out CalMag? Oh, like week four, week five? I'm like, you fucking idiot. Like, I, I never cut it out. What are you talking about? You're cutting out CalMag. Like, so you go all the way to I the don't end of the ask him that to, to clown him. Yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to see what he would say. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't clown on him. It's like, well, I told him. I said, hey, look, bro, I don't ever cut out CalMag, bro. Just, just keep that in your in your shit, you know well, what I mean? And I feel like, would so would you say that there's like a thousand ways to get to the end result of fireweed? It all depends on just the like the route you take, or what? What do you think? Yeah, there is, but man, it's hard to hard to explain. Like, uh, okay, so 
there's a thousand ways, man, but I don't, I don't, I don't know how to say this without sounding like, you know, I didn't leave the ego at the door. Bro, you know no, what I'm give saying? it to us straight. That's why we're having this convo. We wanted to have this convo because everyone has a different personality. Everyone has 21 years of knowledge you're bringing to the table. We want to hear what you have to say about it, you know, because it might, that's, people don't agree. Fuck them. It's very, very, very rare that I have asthma, right? And I don't really care about hype or this or that. I want to be able to smoke my bong all fucking day long and not have uh, like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's my thing. I don't care about the rest. So that's what led me to clean weed. So when people want to have clean weed, that's cool for them. I need it. I need to smoke weed and I need to smoke it all day. And to the end, by this point of a joint with most people's weed, I can't do it, man. My throat is on fire. You know what I mean? I, my lungs, I, they're starting to hurt or something at that point. I'm going to smoke this to the end, to the very end. And, and, and I'm going to hit the excess smoke that comes off of it, too, because it's that clean. It's very rare that I have other people's weed that would ever do. I mean, if any time. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like what, what it is is I'm very geared towards cleanliness. The nutrients I use have to be fucking clean. You know, they have to be a chemical free process. They have to be organically derived. If there's a stabilizer that can't be considered organic, it has to be something that's not cancerous, not going to cause cancer. It's not going to harm the body. You know what I mean? Nothing crazy. It's, the nutrients can't hurt the environment. There's certain things, you know what I mean? And by going by those, I swear we've done something. And it, <laughs> it's clean. It's just so clean. It's undeniably clean for me. You know what I mean? So... I felt like in that point, it's, it's the medicine I need, you know, for my, for my asthma. So that's just, it's kind of like that, man. And I don't want, I don't really want to talk about other people's bud being not up, you it's know, It's a whatever. personalized process. That's what I, we want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. It's you've tailored it so fine tuned to like what you like to smoke. That's why we want to hear it. That's why I said, fuck other people's opinion, exactly. because it's a personalized thing. You, you get to do exactly what, yeah. I don't like to, you know, and there's definitely a lot of good weed out there. Definitely a lot mm -hmm. of amazing, good smoking bud and uh you know there's other people out there that do it too you know that i would smoke it and be like damn to the end you know but it's rare definitely when when you're like very rare when you're tweaking your formula throughout all these years and stuff and you're finding new nuances and things that work and stuff how many things are you changing per run to know like what's going on you know what's crazy i'm not the Oh my God, you hear that? Can we hear it? It splashes at the end from the oil. Let's see if it's gonna do it. It started splashing. Well, it depends on uh, the environment, man. I'm not the, the most dialed in facility. Sometimes it's 114, I'm fighting this, I'm fighting that. So when I'm changing things, I'm spoon feeding. I'm not necessarily just adding stuff to see if it'll do something else because, okay, here we go. It's starting to splash. It almost makes like an exhale noise, right? It's like sizzling. Mm -hmm. I love it when it does that, but so garlic fry up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I read the leaves. You know what I mean? Like if I'm reading this leaf, this, this is in trouble a little bit. This plant. <laughs> you know like, by the way it's a fake plant it's a fake plant but they, 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 they so bro, many people they got that efficiency right on point just so you know 
It's a, it's a fake deficient plant. Good. That's our first smoke of the day OG. If you didn't know, that's the California. Everyone just renames the OG cut as their own brand. So that's our first smoke of the day OG. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. But yeah, it's, I love that you care reference. that much, bro. That that's obviously number one because it takes more to get to the end result when you care because you have to put in way it's more important. work. It's important to care in the grow room, and and that that I think is one of the most important things. You know, what you're putting in is what you're getting out, and uh, a lot of people have a life when you're out there taking your girlfriend out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm in the grow room. You know, so that is it's, it, it, oh, the vacation you took. This that I'm in the grow room. At night, when you're in bed, at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m., I'm in the grow room. Sometimes 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm stuck in the grow room. You know what I'm saying? I got to. I don't have a choice. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's tough. I, I pull all-nighters sometimes. You know what I mean? Hey, California gets hot. You have to run your lights at night. And uh, sometimes in the winter, you're cool. You're getting away with it. But in the summertime... You're running your your uh, lights at night, man, and you know when they turn on at seven, eight, nine. Yo, <laughs> seven, eight, nine. Usually, sometimes you're passing out. What if it's not it's seven o'clock? What if it's six o'clock and you're waiting for those lights to come on and you're nodding off? You're like you can't even move. Like, what do you do? You go to the bed, you fall asleep until twelve. You wake up and then you start your day at twelve. <laughs> for your little trap nap, and then you're. Then you're up till four in the morning, five in the morning when, when you finish. And then you take another quick nap and start your day. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the grow life. Yep. That's, that's it. And uh, you take a black loop to therapy right now, man. He's in here. He's about to start shedding tears and shit. Bro, I, I just put, I just what he's, he's talking about. Real bro. Emotional. Hold on, man. Close up on black loop. Look at him. He's got to wipe the tears out. No, of no, eyes. because he's, I want to tell you though, he's talking real shit because jerker. I think I've done four of those this month already. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's just what it is when you're trying to be like, nah, I just got, I got to get this done and I got other shit I got to do and you're busy or building a brand, bro. You're talking the language of so many people out there, bro, that, that are like, am I the only one doing this? Right. Nah, man. It's people who care that are doing that same thing. This you are not you. alone. This one, that's for you. Yeah. You are not alone. Not nah, alone. you man. are, man. For real, for real. So, yeah. And and when you're a one-man team, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, that's uh, it's what's tough your, that way. What's your take on that? You've been growing for a long time. You like to keep your your process and everything, um, your hands on. You know, you like to be hands on. What, what's, your, what's your take on that on like... Uh, you know, wanting to scale or ever, you know, take steps in that direction. Like what's your, I feel like we could do it. Everyone, you know, I, I, I gone to a 2000 lighter and I look around, like you got 150 employees. If there was 150 of me in here, it'd be, it'd be game fucking on. That's hard. That's hard though. to find 150 people been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. But it right. was 150 people that would listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't want to listen to you. You know, and it's hard to change once they've already, structure, it once the gates difficult. have been closed somewhere for so long, it's hard to op- harder to open it. The longer it's closed, they bury it. You're like, no, you need to open it. No, we'll open a little, but then we got to close it more. It's like, they're looking for this. They're, we have soccer moms as our, you know, they have so many excuses. Soccer moms as our customers or we're behind which by the way the people that say that it's hilarious it's like the biggest cop out of like what they want to smoke fire too what the fuck are you talking about yeah, like yeah. everybody wants yeah. to smoke fire product there you go, like, bro like 
it's okay because soccer moms are drinking top shelf liquor. To Why it. would they not want top shelf weed? Boom. Like, we're about to get it. Up. So, There's a revelation. So yeah, uh, I think you know it would it would cost more, right? With employees, they, they all have to think about that. And you know, okay, so you have two thousand lights. Do the math. Just adding something. Oh, we want to add a pulley to the light. Well, then you have to add it to two thousand lights. So the pulley's two hundred. Mm-hmm. Two hundred times two thousand, half a minute, four hundred thousand. You know, it's a lot of money just to do a little thing. And then the cost goes beyond that. And you, and it's a personal cost. They don't get to go out on Friday night with their girl all the time. They made me only go out Saturday night because Friday you got to work till late. Sunday, you might have to do a checkup in the morning. So you don't get that brunch. You got to go do a checkup. You guys catch dinner, right? And then Monday through Friday, you're in the garden from morning until 7, 8 p.m. So when your girl gets home, by the time you get home, dinner's almost done, If unless it's 8, 9 p.m., right? And then you guys get to spend some time together, and that's it. Like, it's it's a build process. Same with any entrepreneur. But yeah, man, it's, it's, it's that life, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking. Yeah. That's where the toll, though. The price is not just money because they'd pay it. They got that. But there's got to be a way. If there's a will, there's a way for the system. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I deal with 65 plants and, you know, I can set this up where it's an hour for one person to do maybe 120 plants or more. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I feel like that they can do it. They, it's just they don't want to do it. You know, they don't see the benefit. Well, how much more? I think I think at this point, it's coming down to who can last. Fuck right. who's got the best. Who can last? Because it's a race to the bottom. Who can last? And the only way you're going to last or have a long game goal or, or drive, in my opinion, is if you focus on quality. Because right. quality still getting paid for. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. But the rest of the market isn't. And the point is, is like quality represents like, like the 1% of the world for mm-hmm. weed. You know, they're still making money right now, but the rest of the world's not really making as much money as we were making, right? Like, so, you know, we're, we're fighting this thing called inflation, the hidden tax, but it's kind of like the weed game where it's like that 1%, they're still making their money. It's the 99% now that's screwed. And to get to that 1%, it's like, yeah, you got to focus on, the long game and that's going to be making less profits and putting more money into you know the QC overall production of your your manufacturing business which is you know of cannabis the, and that's what it is yeah yeah but it's got to be a longer it's like it's no longer a 5 year plan it's never been cool to grow you know like that was people's intention like yo we'll get in we'll get out pump and dump this is fucking genius oh my gosh you know? Or mining gold. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. it's, but it's, it's just not that because there's so much gold now or so much, you know, herb that's like, you know, you, you, and look, you know, the fact is not much of it is gold. It's 1% of it's gold. You see and the, the rest is fucking copper. Yeah. And you see the big money being made in like, just like back in like times when they mine gold, selling picks and axes. Look at these nutrient companies. Look at like every day, another nutrient company that's like goes for, you know, half a billion dollars or some crazy, like, I mean. A lot of ancillary products doing, people doing, have done well up until this point. I know it's kind of hard for everyone right now, but. It's interesting, but you know, I see we, we've, we sat down with a few people now to up until this point and the passion's there, Mm -hmm. the process is there, the product is there, the, the branding is there, the designs are there, everything is there, but 
they're a one man band or maybe have a homie, you know, and they're very close set. Like when it comes to that, like, mm, no, nah, I'm not going to, you know, and I just, it's just the curiosity of like, you know, how do you get a little bit more of that out into the world to where some people can have a taste? Cause right now you really got to know someone to know someone to get that batch or even, even me, even for us, mm-hmm. like it's too, you know, it's like hard for us. So like just thinking right. as a consumer first, like, damn, man, you know, how could we have a little more access, but without losing the quality of the product, which right. that seems to be like the hardest part for you know, you know, cannabis that, in general to to pertain to it. There's like, always been a lot of weed in California. You know what I'm saying? Um, I never thought, man, I just want to grow a ton more of weed. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's already so much. Yeah. What I thought was cool was the better weed. Plus, I have asthma. I don't have a choice. You know what I mean? I have yeah. to go for, the, for that one. And being from the East Coast, you know, I was born in D.C. We've smoked some stuff on the... You know, it's no disrespect to California at all. But when I came to California in 2010, I looked around and I said, man, this is a bunch of homegrown. All the, most of the weed I see around looks amateur. It doesn't look like the shit I was paying 500 an ounce for on the East Coast. It doesn't look like the sour diesel I was getting. It doesn't look like the weed. Have you ever heard of the strain called dog shit? Dog <laughs> heard shit. of it, but never seen it. But yeah. Yo, listen, dog shit. To it's this fire? To this day, that's the best shit I've ever smoked. To this day. And, and there's something special about it. What's if it I taste had, like? Yo, we'd be laughing right now if I had some. Because I'd put it on the table. And it would be like a dog shit on the table, bro. You'd be smelling. The strain lives up to its name? It lives up to its name. Like This it's, pile of dog <clears throat> shit. It would be wafting. Bag. That's it a greasy wafts, joint. It wafts like a dog took a shit. You know how like if someone shit on the table... It would act as if a dog shit on the table, bro. I, we dumped the fucking ounce on the table and couldn't stop laughing. It was, it was straight dog shit. I had a 100-pound pit bull back at the time. That was my dog, a 100-pound pit bull. And his name was Porkchop. I had a condominium where I lived on the East Coast, right? And we were, you know, I was getting an ounce for 500. One time it was the dog shit. And you know, me and my homie we dumped it on the table. We couldn't stop laughing. It was I was like, dog, I was like, yo, let me look at this, man. What did they put shit in here? <laughs> like they put it in a box of shit wow. for days or what was it? Shitty bag. Mm. That's when you used to get the old school skunks and shit, though. I, I have a, a hankering that that was probably something in that line Dude, or some weird because they the used dog to. dog shit. Yeah. And, and listen, this thing got you. So it made other weed look like play weed. It really did. It made other shit look like uh, you, you're smoking on some little play weed, bro. That's some amateur shit whatever the fuck you have at that it didn't matter what weed that time that i had the dog shit i was like uh, over here when it comes to weed anyone that has weed i'll just tell you to go sit the fuck in the corner you know what i'm saying that good yeah yeah go sit over there in the corner bro you don't got weed you haven't smoked yet bro Do you want to smoke some smoke some of this because anything that you have is shit shit right here like dog no shit. that dog shit was the one straight up is it was what it, happened it, to it it's it's an old legendary strain oregon strain it didn't come from California. From our, all the shit we we're thinking coming from California? But it's it not ain't far. From Cali? It made its way into NorCal. It, came, it yeah. came to the East Coast. Oh, so people were growing it on the East Coast. You were getting local grown shit. It was a Pacific Northwest strain, PNW dog shit. And it came from Oregon to the East Coast. And we paid a $500. I paid $500 an ounce for that. And man, I'm t- 
let me tell you the story with my dog. It smelled so much like dog shit and I had a pit bull. His shit smelled identical to the weed and I had the condominium. I had to clean up his shit. We took a dog for a walk. I had bags. I'm going to clean up his shit. I'm like, pork chop, your shit is the fire, bro. Like it smells like fire. Fuck yeah. I'll clean this all day. I didn't mind cleaning his shit that week. It was that good, bro. Weed made you didn't mind cleaning your dog shit. Yeah, hooked on that dog shit. Bro, and it wasn't like you taste dog shit. It tasted fucking fire. It was like skunky weed. You don't think, oh, you know, cheese. The, the stinkiest one is the best tasting one. It's like weed. Funky, skunky, weird flavors translate into that good taste. It's, it's crazy because that dog shit was the one. I mean, for real. Dude. And uh, I actually have a story about it. So after I gained a little traction on Instagram, I posted, hey, man, dog shit is like the, my favorite weed. Anybody ever heard of this shit? One guy's like, yo, I got, I, I know somebody's got a, some dog shit, whatever. And it was a dog shit cross, like a cherry pie dog shit or something like that. And uh, the dog ate some cherries. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Holy and uh, so the cherry pie dog shit cross, then we hit that guy up. Is this the real dog shit, bro? And he got all defensive. And he was like, it's the real one. It's from this guy. And we're like, oh. So then we hit up that guy. And that guy gave me the runaround, right? So he's an old school grower. Turns out this dude, uh, his name's Gnome Grown, right? Old school grower from Oregon. I know he's, exactly who you're talking about. Gnome Grown Organics. Yes, sir. Yeah, badass setup. Big old greenhouses. Fire. So Gnome Grown, I hit him up. I was like, yo, bro, I heard you got the dog shit. Da, da, da. Yeah, I do. I do got it. <laughs> He's like, I'm the one that coined it, the dog shit. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't create it, but I'm the one who coined it, dog shit or whatever. Maybe if this is true or not, I don't know. But he's telling me that. And I'm like, damn. So what happened? He said he lost it at one point and got it back. I was like, dude, I'll do anything for this clone. And I started telling him the story, how it'll fucking ruin a man. That thing is the one. I mean, I have a picture of it in 10 weeks in flower from his room in my phone. I could show you. Maybe we can put that up on the screen if... Uh, you know, but hell yeah. So the dog shit, he says, Hey man, I don't know. May, this is our first interaction. Maybe I'm going to release some clones in a year or two. Uh, you know, holler at me. End of thing. I'm like thinking about this dude. I want this strain. So I hit him like a few more times, sending him pictures of the stuff I grow. Look, I want to bring it to full potential, bro. And he's looking and looking and looking and not responding. And a month goes by, I hit him again. He goes, hey, bro, listen, listen, listen. I've been thinking a lot about you. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, uh, listen, I've been thinking a lot about you. And I think I'm going to give you a clone of the dog shit. I got some rooting right now. But I also want you to come to the farm and, and visit. And Makes I wanna, sense. It's not a requirement, but I want to pick your brain a little bit. And I want to see how you're doing this, bro. Your, your fucking flowers are looking fire. And they're so consistent, this and that. And he kind of wanted to pick my brain. I felt honored mm -hmm. that he would say that. And uh, I was like, dude, this is awesome. Yeah, so two growers getting to spend the day together, chopping it up, we, all positive. Right. So we get eventually to this point where the, the DS was rooted and we're ready to go. And a fire breaks out on his farm. This was fire time, fire season. Two years ago, three years ago, prime mm -hmm. fire season. Oregon was getting leveled with fires. 
Same with Cali. This is the unicorn. You guys haven't hit this yet. Do you, no. do you want to do you yeah, want to try the unicorn? Yeah. Beautiful weed, bro, by the way. I want people to go on the YouTube and let us know about the dog shit. If you've had it before, go on the YouTube in the comments and let us know if you grow it. Let us know where that cut is. Let us know about it, man. Let us know how it tasted. I want to know all about that shit. <laughs> right. For real though, Straight I up. do. I've never I mean, I, I didn't know it was that fire. Now I know. Oh, it is. It, it is. It oh, is. It's one, one of those like that lot. would change the game. It would change the game. But it's it's a 14-week strain. See, so that's passion. Here we go. Passion again. Shout and out you're gonna to have to, And you're going to have to bring it. The one that I, okay, the batch of dog shit that I had, let me tell you about that. It did not look like it had any leaf at all. It was like, you know how buds swell up like, you know, OGs and stuff, how they're, they're just nody like calyx, swollen calyxes. Looks like there's seeds in it, but there's no seeds. It was like that, but a darker green than OG, not the light green. It was a darker green with a, like a golden crystal, like a pronounced golden crystal on it. So it would be like a freaking golden crystal covering these cali nodi calyxes on like a like a pretty pronounced green bud with some red hairs. Like it looked very wild. different. Yeah, and it looked like it would shit on everything else too. <laughs> and not only was it shitting on everything, it was. And literally, when I went, I, I was working as a chef. And I got into a, an argument with somebody at, at uh, work. Now, it was like, I don't know, I forgot the whole argument. I was sh cutting something in my hand and Ray, right? This, this dude's name is Ray Charles. Shout out to Ray Charles, man. Look, <laughs> his name was Ray Charles. Tall dude, cool dude, right? That's my boy. Well, Ray was like, yo, bro, when you put that knife down, I'm going to punch you in the face, bro. I'm knocking you out. As soon as you drop that knife. <laughs> As soon as I dropped the knife, right? I'm not dropping it then. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were just like, you know, getting in. Eventually we calmed down. I put the knife down, bro. Let's do this. You know, we made we made up. And it's it must have been kind of weird for him because I was like, bro, I know I got some weed and it's called dog shit. Cause like we just got into a fight. You know, you need a guy tries to hand you some weed that smells like dog shit right after that. It's like, hey man, uh, I don't know if I want that, man. Like but no, it was really like that. And I had to give him some, some, and you know, Ray, race, we used to make fun of Ray, just friendly making fun of him for smoking blunts. Uh, and he would smoke out back. He'd smoke great blunts and it'd be like some swag back then. It would be, it would not be the good. We, we were on the East coast restaurant working, you know, and uh, you know, getting what we could, I'm paying 500 an ounce for the dog shit. He's not, he's, he's <laughs> buying mids on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And rolling it in a great backwood. And me and the other chef, it was my homeboy, Mark, we'd go over there and be like, he'd be behind the dumpster out there smoking that shit. And we could smell like a, the grape blunt burning. And we're like, <laughs> smells like wood burning out here. <laughs> and Mark would be like, yeah, I smell wood. Smells like burning wood. Bonfire. And then Ray's like, shut the fuck up. And we're like, smells like grape wood. Some kind of grape wood. <laughs> burning out there oh Yo. shit this is trying to get a heavy nicotine high with his weed just trying to get by yeah it Holy was too much shit. that's the truth though anybody smoking blunts man you just get over the fact that <laughs> with you don't want to spend the money i get it though it's it's not for everybody you know to so to be, you know he this is what he told me the next day after that fight and i gave him the dog she comes in he says bro that dog shit was fire as fuck like 
didn't, we didn't even say it by. It was just so good. He goes, I packed up a bowl, took one hit, sat there for 45 minutes high as shit before I realized I got to hit it again. You know what I mean? Like, he said, dude, that was the one. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I know. Everybody, I was making fun of everybody's weed when I had that. I said, bro, you have play weed. You just put that shit away. You know what I mean? That's play weed. I used to, and that would be the one to really, bro, bring that out. But it, it's not just the strain. Because I've seen people post pictures of dog shit. And I've seen other versions. And even uh, the homie brought me some. So I didn't tell you about it. So no, I'm grown it. We had, after the fire, right? We decided, man, we got to still meet up. So I'm really, really meticulous about my clones and they cannot have ever had powder mold have ever touched them because powder mold isn't systemic, right? But people think it is. They say, oh, my powder mold's got to be systemic. It doesn't. It's not systemic. It, it damages the plant's SRS, the immune system of the plant. It's damaged. So now it's easily going to take on that powder mold. So most of the time, if you've had it before and you're not doing things like I said earlier, using amino acids to open up the roots to calcium to take up a thousand calcium ions versus one, right, at a time. So that actually prevents powder mold when, when you do that. Why? Why does amino, it actually becomes calpectin. As the calcium gets taken up, it goes into the leaf, becomes calpectin. And if a powder mildew spore landed on that to try to infect it, and it would shoot a tube down to find water, finds pectin, calpectin. It gets blocked. So it's, it's a, almost like a preventative for, mm -hmm. for powder mildew. Healthy plants is a preventative for, yeah, for many things. Yeah, exactly, man. That's a great point. Healthy plants is a preventative so for all bad things. The point was he had a little powder mold touch that. And... I, I said, you know what? I can't do it. But we, I met up with him, and that's when it was kind of like, yeah, this this has a little PM on it, bro. And uh, I didn't take the clone. Oh, that's a tough one, bro. You, so you don't believe in bringing things back, like being able to epigenetically gonna, after two or three rounds, four <sighs> rounds, being able to try to work it back to? I would to say tissue culture, that thing. So that's what mm -hmm. he's going to do. Yeah. He's actually got it into tissue culture now. How that's, old? That thing must be... 30 years old probably by now that strain easy yeah and um i did give him a clone of octane and he loves the octane so i asked him because he's an old school grown he's probably grown a shit ton of ogs so i said bro what do you think about octane versus other ogs dude <laughs> he says it's more bubbly more gassy more greasy and it's it's the just kind of like spot on og i got lucky with how that pulled through so uh, I was pretty impressed by his response, and, and I agree, it is. It's, it's, you know, I love it. It's, it's a blast from the past, it's, you know, and all OGs I got respect for, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Even Josh D, all those guys, I still got respect for him. He, I think he took it the wrong way. I had a little thing on Instagram where I, I tried to, like, send him. I said, hey, legend, what's up, man? This is Octane. I created this, bro, like. It's, I think it's better than OG. Like, I've improved OG. This is crazy. Like, and I think he took it the wrong way a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. No one wants to hear that, hey, bro, I got, I took your, your girl and now she's better with me or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I, yeah, he kind of blocked me, but, um, it's just he's passion a good dude. and it's, I, it's just wordage. <laughs> hey, I get man, you. Yeah, he's yeah. a good dude, bro. I don't mind. Uh, you know, 
I still think we could still be friends, you know. If I just give him 100%. some octane, he'll understand. He, he doesn't want to hear it. He wants he needs to see it. That's what it is. So well, everyone's so passionate. Anybody. You know what I'm saying? When you're passionate, you gotta understand other passionate grower thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like And he was the one that, you know, in the story that brought the OG and kind of shared it. And obviously there was a bunch of other OGs created off off of that. The mm-hmm. Tahoe, the SF the Tahoe. Talk about the Tahoe. Was that, have you smoked the Tahoe? Yeah, I've had a, a few times. Not a lot Gassy. though, man. It's a very California strain, right? Like we, we're so far East Coast. We used to have a bunch of different stuff. We didn't get a lot of that till later in life. I used to hear about it. I'm going to be honest, bro. We used to think Girl Scout cookies was a joke on the East Coast because we would get the shitty batches and we would be right. like, man, this fucking hype is what, about was this. 2015-ish? Before that. A little before that? Maybe okay. like early. Uh, yeah. F- yeah, you're right. 15. Uh, 8, no. 9, 10, 11. Earlier than that. Yeah, yeah I, don't no, think, 2012, I don't think. 12, 13. Really? Yeah, I think it was about that. There was like bullshit cookies hitting. <laughs> well, we I were, would say. But then we got here and I was like, this is probably one of the yeah. best strains I've ever seen. Well, because, like, you know, by the what certain it is, point. Is indoor batches wouldn't. You know, you're not going to see good indoor I was getting batches. like greenhouse probably. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Greenhouse okay. cookies. There was a certain point, I think, where cookies got so like prevalent that everyone had it that it started becoming bullshit batches like you started not seeing that platinum that loud cookie anymore and it was more just like a over cured old smelling cookie yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so um yeah man i I don't know the first time my experience with the cookie was in the bay of course and um the green door man when i first came to california right uh the green door. I saw a flyer for in 2010 for Burner. I was like, "Who's Burner?" I, in my head, I'm like, from the East Coast. I'm thinking, "Oh, Burner. That's that's a gun. That's a strap. Whatever. That that's a hard name for a rapper or whatever he is. Like, but maybe it's a Burner phone. Who knows? But uh, I, it's a cool name. Either way, the dude was like, "Yeah, he's just a uh, he's a local rapper or whatever, and that's his concert." But he didn't probably explain the full picture. He was a bud tender, all the other stuff, but. So that's my first experience uh, seeing that flyer, uh, and it's cool to see where he even came, you know. And and then the cookies popped up in the green door. It was one day, you know, we're we're OG smokers. Before the cookies, just we just wanted OG. There was a lot of like people that would smoke the perps and love purple, and I just kind of gravitated to to the OG. Granddaddy only got me so high. Yeah, it could, it's a little indica and it'll put you to sleep, but. It only got me so high, man. I really need to get high, high. So it needs to be like, what's that word? Expando on my lungs, mm-hmm. you know? So I need that poison. And um, <coughs> man, that was it. And uh, the OG was it for so long until the one day I'm in line at the green door. It was maybe 2011, maybe. And someone someone in front of me said, yo, bro, have you tried the Girl Scout cookies? The Girl Scout cookies? What are you talking about, Girl Scout cookies, bro? Is it edible or what? He's like, no, bro, it's weed. Look, they, they got it right here. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I was like, yeah, let me get a gram of Girl Scout cookies and then my fucking, let me get this OG. You know what I'm saying? So I grabbed the OG, platinum OG or something back then, and uh, a gram of the cookies. And man, I wish I would have got more cookies than OG. When I got, went home, and that was very rare for an OG smoker to like something other than OG. Because to be honest with you, not a lot of stuff was hidden back then like an OG would hit. Cookies is such a fire strain, man. They did such a great. But let's talk about, dude, unicorn. Because I wanted to get to that. But I mean, this yeah, unicorn, we that, bro. Man, that shit's. I, that's. I, I. I'm preferring that right now. That shit's. I like that a lot. 
Want to hit it? And this yeah. is your collab with Greg Yuna. Greg Yuna, yes, sir. Official. Talk about that. How'd that come to life? That's so, really dope. One thing I, I want to circle back, and I'll just mention before we go there, is, is the cookies was easier to grow than the OG. So that's one thing that set it apart. Okay? You would have to find the right batch of OG. Sure, there's a lot of OGs that were great. There wasn't a lot of OGs that was grown great. It's a very sensitive plant. And it, it very little changes do big changes in the genetic expression of an OG. In temperature, in light, in it's very sensitive. So being able to bring that OG to full potential is, is very hard. Cookies, however, was fire. It was more easy to grow. For mm -hmm. some reason, some of the failed batches were smoking. But failed batches of OG were not smoking, man. So that's one reason I think a lot of people just, it was easier just to go it. grab a bag of cookies than have to search 80 places for the right OG. Okay, because that was really what you were doing. OG very difficult to grow if you're you trying had, to hit perfection. If you, were, if you were a smoker of OG back in the day, you know you were searching for that batch. You weren't just going to the first dispensary that said they had OG on their menu. Because if you did that, you'd go in there and be disappointed. You know what I'm saying? So the unicorn, man. Yes, this is a, a, a beautiful strain. Uh, it's, it's Greg Una and I's collaboration. He actually named it the unicorn. So uh, yeah, that's, it's very dope. It's... A lot of people say it's, it's cotton candy kerosene, and I get that. I get that. Uh, it's, it makes sense. It's a lemon cherry gelato S1, right? So S1, self-pollination, okay? This actually came out of a jar. I'm not scared to even say it. It came out of a jar of Canateek's bud, a bag seed, S1, boom. And there is a very slight chance maybe they were growing something else next to it, and pollen it may be it may have something else in it but we smelt it right that it's that lemon cherry and it pulls through strong mm -hmm. deep it's like a deep a deep lemon cherry yeah so you smell the mother of the unicorn absolutely and, and we got we could roll some up too we got to roll some of that it's a little fresh and uh my little brother key grew that so that's my homeboy he's in his 20s coming up white ash key's oh, yeah. head stash that's his uh his what handle, is it? Keys Headstash. Keys Headstash. Keys, shout out to Keys Headstash, Shout out man. to Key, man. Keep doing your thing for White real. Ash yeah. is doing his thing. And and I'll be real with you, the way he grows this lemon cherry, uh, it back in the day, okay, this is going to sound weird because this is like a heavy drug, but I don't do this sort of shit. It's just the back in the day. Uh, we, were in the, we were in a car and the homie threw some opium on top of the bowl like it was hash. Not knowing much better, we're like smoking this thing and it's flowery, like pulpery. And you'll never forget that flavor. If you've ever tasted it, it doesn't get you like, oh man, I'm on like codeine or heroin. It doesn't really, you almost don't even notice that you smoked it, to be honest with you. It's like weed got me higher. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that flavor, it's like distinct and it's weird, but his like key he pulls out this lemon cherry gelato that smells and tastes like has an opium back into it. i'm like what the f are you doing bro i taught him how to grow so it's like what i haven't experienced that turp off this plant and wow. when he grows it in his environment you see what i mean comes so, out in an environment mm -hmm. 
Makes a big difference, man. Environment is so, that's why you can have the same cut with a bunch of different growers. Like, and you see when a cut goes viral and get like wedding cake or, <laughs> you know, and you'll see a thousand different batches. And then you see the ones that are dialed. Or well, people it's are, almost right? like the, the good batches are because it's a good spot. Well, what makes a good spot? You kind of don't fucking know. You just see where you're getting out of it. With it's the, a lot it's of an accumulation of things, yes, right? What you would go. you say is it, you, you know, makes a good spot? God. A good landlord. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> preferably you almost don't know until you really get in there and, and set it up and do your thing and dial it. Um, what you're going to get. Yeah, everything is a little different. I like to, you know, some people do closed rooms. I like to have, I'm old school, man. I'll change the air. I'll cha- exchange the air in five minutes. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of thing, it keeps, well, okay you could do it with a sealed room and do like 1200 1250 ppm co2 and try to gain yield but mine is like keeping a more natural look in 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 nature right outside what's the ppm of co2 is it 12 no so six seven hundred probably right. 800 max maybe two i mean 300 probably. okay okay but uh so if you go outside and, and if you're doing that exchange, your, your indoor air maybe is two, 300. If you're doing that exchange from the outside, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? So it's going to be more of like a natural thing. And, and what else? CO2 is coming out of a can, right? So would you want your CO2 coming out of a can or would you want it coming from nature? And, 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 you know, a lot of, it's not just CO2. Air contains nitrogen. I'm using bacteria that's, that's able to fix nitrogen and pull nitrogen out of the atmosphere that it normally wouldn't be able to use without that bacteria. And when you're using like things like Athena or, you know, whatever that revolves around a cleanse, you're killing all your bacteria. You're killing all of nature's, you know, not only chefs, medics, but, you know, they're, they do things like this where they're, they're creating biostimulants. They're pulling nitrogen out of the air. They're doing stuff that's extra that's for the plant. You know what I'm saying? And it's, dude, it shows in the end product and it tastes. And they've done studies years and years ago on perfumes and terpenes. Uh, think about this: perfume companies, bacteria feces create terpenes, and the back and these companies, perfume companies, know about that. Okay, so <laughs> they can they can make their perfumes louder using microbes. Well, think about that in your cannabis, bro. You when you smell our weed, what does it smell like versus other weed? Full flavor. It's gonna be controversial. That'll stir some convos. I like that though. All that, like not even just the Athena and the microbes. That's obviously a, an inoculant versus like something that well, sterilizes. I always feel that life comes from life. Yeah. No, the part about closed rooms and stuff, that'll be because everyone debates that. It's a big debate. And I'm smoking this one to the end. This was grown by Ethic Farms. So that's another, that's my boy. Uh, we collaborate and uh, Ethic is going to be the grower right now of the unicorn. So he's, I let him run with that strain. This guy, he's like, the King Midas of growing for real. He's only been growing for like six years. But when it comes to white ash, that's why I say King Midas. Anything he touches is like white ash, burns clean, smooth. It's insane. He's got such a program with his plants and he gets them going so vigorous in veg that in flower, it's just booming. It, he's, he's done some amazing stuff. He's pulling the pistachio soon. I've never seen it look like this. Like I've seen it look in many different expressions, but not through ethics expression. Everybody has their touch. There's Gordon Ramsay for a reason. You see, if there wasn't uh, this recipe, we could all make the same food. 
today. It'd be identical. You wouldn't know who made what. But actually, we would know who made what. Yeah. Yeah. They could all cook a steak. You could give Mario Batali and Ramsey and all these guys a steak to cook, and every single one's going to come out slightly different, even if you give them the same exact steak. Same steak, same grill, same mm-hmm. seasoning, same recipe. Same temperature, same everything. Yeah. They'll be going to use a little different seasoning, a little more Timing, of this. this exactly. What kind of pan even. Temperature. Some of, they're going to use different the, pans. The chef puts the soul into the recipe. So a lot the of people energy. are like, man, uh, when it comes to the recipe, you know, I'll teach, I'll do consulting and I'll teach someone how to grow and I'll tell them every input that I use and when I use it, the whole white ash recipe and what, you know, creates white ash and why. I'll give them that, right? Well, hey, Greece, aren't you scared? Aren't you worried? Just telling all your thing like that? No, bro. Do you know how many times I used to give that out and my clones at the same time? Look, my buddy Key. This is third run, and his lemon cherry is different than mine. My pistachios beating his. His lemon cherries, I'd say, beating mine. <laughs> like his, I like that flavor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so it is what it is. We're everyone has their individual touches. This thing's. Going, you can yeah. hear it. Sparks. You can hear that, right? Well, well, think about it too, though. If you've been growing twenty-one years, um, you know, key, key tells me like this. He's the, like, the bro. lessons end up being lessons of mastery, right? And to master, you have to teach it, right? He, so well, it really is you learning through teaching, true. which is a lot of us, you know, if, if you're into that type of thing, like helping people and stuff like that. That's where it comes from. Is like that's how you continue to challenge yourself to master the process outside of just you he's he's humble and he he's not like a grower that comes with bad habits or extra habits maybe good habits whatever just no habits you're a blank slate uh, you know he's a blank slate so he does great he does great i post his weed on my page <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm like dude you wouldn't know i'd have to tell you hey key grew this one you know what i mean but i post it and say key grew it there's two posts on my page now that if I, did, if I didn't post anything <laughs> under it, no, you probably wouldn't know which one, who grew what. And he's, that's his second and third runs. Wow. You see? But he told me like this, too. He's pretty, pretty modest. He says, oh, Greece, you know, like, I just did exactly what you told me to do. You know what I mean? So you, you kind of grew. I said, Naki, you grew that. You know what I mean? You did that. I just told you what to do. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. So it's cool. It's cool. And, and for him to start here already at first second third grow he's starting growing top level weed like where is he gonna be when he's 38 years i'm 38 years old you know what i mean so crazy where is he he's 22 yeah so but that's your team right there like we talked about (laughs) earlier where like if you were to try to scale it right that would be your team because it's already you guys already work well together you have expectations of quality you know what i'm saying all that shit ethic was was the one that I didn't have to teach anything and he's been growing only six years is how I got through him was uh, Instagram. Someone said, Hey man, one of my buddies got ash like yours. Ah, no way. Let me see. And boom. Yeah. He, wow. He's growing some good wheat and like, look at this ash and resin rings and, you know, and uh, getting to know him, man, everything he's grown has hit. And it's like, dude. So it's like over the years that I've known him probably three years, just like getting better, doing his thing. And like, uh, Wow, it's, it's, I'm blown away, really. Like, you give him a strain, and he nails it. So he's got that touch. I love it. I ask him, I'm like, dude, do you even know how you're getting this ash white? He's like, no, bro. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm like, wow. He'll, he's changed up his nutrients. He was, like, using um, dry amendments at one point. They said, 
I want to try Athena. He went full Athena, full Athena, did exactly what Athena said, same results. Like you couldn't even tell he changed his nutrients. What the heck? And then goes back to organic. And this was the organic one that we just smoked. Interesting. So, wow. Very interesting. Yeah. So it, it just shows you that there's so many variables, right? That it's like, you know, it's the same with anything. It's never just one thing. It's not like you Pretty can change his build around your situation. Yeah. It's like, it's always this. And we, we always fuck this up, but it's first who, then what? Because you don't know where you're going until you know who's on the bus. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, all right, kind of can take a look around and see where you're going to be going for sure. There's a number of things. You got to trust your your guys with, with your genetics. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's to me, I, I do trust him with the genetics. Um, there was been a few points where guys have been asking about the genetics and he hit me up. Hey, this guy wants a cut, blah, blah, blah. Can I do it? So he didn't get the cut but uh it's good that he hit me up mm -hmm. you know so uh, yeah he didn't just behind your back sell for five racks or whatever right. yeah 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 so yeah it's 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 bound to get out one time or another but you know uh, i i do want to uh do a clone release so i'm gonna do the uh, ro93 pretty soon here so um i don't know maybe by the time this airs probably do a clone release just follow Greasy Genetics. Make sure that, like, where would it drop at? You, you'll have so, it set up. Yeah, uh, it's it's big waves. So if it's a, it's a place uh, delivery service in LA, Imperial or big waves. So uh, I don't know exactly the Instagram. To how mm -hmm. to exp it's hard to expel it and everything, but yeah. So check out my page and probably uh, get some info on that. But yeah, man, that's one I'm, we're gonna we're gonna drop for the people, man. And that R ninety three is power. Mm -hmm. You know, you saw like even Doja hit it and he said, man, I instantly felt a head change. It's, it's that kind of thing. When you when you're blowing it out of your mouth, you're feeling it in your eyes. Like when you take a bong rip of R93, that is that's the one that's when you're blowing that out. You go, oh, my God, it's so sedating. Like <laughs> you'll call your friend and be like, dude, it's so sedating. I'm fucking I'm addicted to this. And it stains the back of your mouth with that gas, you know, out of the bong. I, I, that staining in the in the back of the mouth is different compared to a joint. You know what I'm saying? But you have to use the correct. I mean, just a regular bong without. Okay, this is going to sound crazy, but you have to have water twice, and it has to be a separate way. So it's not like a chain, double chamber in the bong. Just that ash catcher, like a uh, inline ash catcher. That's the flavor, man. It adds so much flavor, smoothness everything so if you could smoke that properly with the herb iron inline ash catcher in a bong but it's so people like convenience and that's so complicated you have to literally go somewhere sit down like in like a ritual and smoke this thing you know hello guys alex here owner of mango tech store we are the house of Trollmaster. we are the house of think bro whether you're growing commercially growing at home or growing in a tent we got you come see us we got the best pricing best customer support nobody can beat us mango tech like I said before, with the House of Trollmaster and with the House of Think Club, got the new lifter in-house. Order up. But that's what it is. It's an enjoyment. Maybe it's not for every smoke. Maybe it's or like for the that. home setup. At yeah. least. If I could bring it on the plane, we'd, I would have my setup right here. We got to do it right here, man. You Shit, know? I'm ready now. You got ready. Iron out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need, you should have a setup like that on That'd here at least to try it. Yeah. yeah. US tubes, herb iron, uh, inline ash catcher. 
you'd be set, bro. What's U.S. Tubes? Throw U.S. Tubes. Uh, it, I like that. It's a it's a Berkeley. It's a company in Berkeley, glass company, scientifically made. Uh, I've been rocking their glass probably for twelve years. I Damn. still have the bong. I've thrown it across the room in a hotel. Uh, like, and it wasn't. It was hard floors. Like, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, with the uh, the down stem was in it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, definitely had to replace the down stem. <laughs> yeah, <I was laughs> but yeah. Say. yeah, but the uh, U.S. tubes are strong. If you go on YouTube and type in bong wars, you'll see that they're smashing two bongs together and the U.S. tube lives, you know what I'm saying? And then they take a uh, drywall and they just beat the U.S. tube through the drywall and they go two drywalls. Then they go sheetrock and sit the sheetrock. And it's made out of glass. And yeah. And they're wow. hitting the joint on it and everything. Oh, maybe we should go to the joint first. And boom. And so after all that, I'm like, man, and I get it. And I'm banging it on. I've dropped it. Uh, smacked it on my glass table so hard so many times and looked at it like, dude, that was a close one. You know what I mean? Like that, uh, that bong is it. I want to I want to talk about one thing that you keep referring to and it's a big thing with your branding and mm -hmm. your your whole thing is what do you what do you what's your take on the white ash debate? It's minerals. Does it matter? Yes. Oh man. Just, like is all is does dark, it matter? Is it all sound dark weird. burning weed? This is going to sound weird. Touch the ash on on that ash. Whatever this yeah, is yeah. different than I than mine? Yeah, different. Just yeah. touch that ash. Just with your finger, like feel the consistency, yeah, break yeah, it, yeah. break it down. It's, it's feel how soft yeah. or whatever, right? Now feel this ash. Break it, touch it all wow. the way, squish oh, it all yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Holy. A different game. Yeah. Soft like powder, like flour. So it does matter to you. It matters because it describes, okay, so did you know there's ash competitions in cigars? Do you know that? I have in cigars, yes. Okay, so they will literally they have a cigar competition where they see who's got the longest ash and how long it can stack and color everything. So why is there not an ash competition? And we it doesn't really matter full on because here's the thing: somebody could have weed that burns the hell out of your throat, that's low in 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 medical value, and just grown general hydroponics in a in a rockwool cube. And it doesn't, and it burns white, but it doesn't do anything for you. And it hits your throat and by the halfway of the joint, but it's burning white. So it's not a telltale on all. In fact, a lot of organic materials burn dark. So it's a little harder to get it to burn white in, in, uh, in organics. And what you do is you kind of don't allow the toxins to absorb the plant, like heavy metals and certain things like that. So... That's one of the things in my program that, that it revolves around is, is not allowing those toxins to absorb, uh, absorb, right? And on top of that, the minerals play a huge role in the end product in the ash. You know, like I said, mm -hmm. if you flush out all your minerals, you know, um, magnesium is one thing that will create a sweeter taste, right? So plants like cigars, weed, in the end, tobacco that has a lower magnesium, is a bitter flavor, okay? Same with weed. Oh, it doesn't taste so good. Then there's a sweeter flavor that's a higher magnesium. Magnesium is also kind of an explosive, okay? So what does that do? That helps your joint burn. That helps it burn to a hotter temperature. So when your plant's able to uptake magnesium because you didn't 
do this crazy flush and start killing the roots. When you flush a plant with reverse osmosis water in soil, say you're running soil, microbes, whatever, and you run reverse osmosis like a bathtub through it, you know what I mean? You're just flushing. What are you doing there? You're removing all your minerals, killing your microbes, essentially. Mm-hmm. Now, what's going to happen to the roots? They're going to stop. They're going to start turning colors. They're brown. They're dying. They're, you know, it's not going to have that uptake of minerals. There's no minerals to even uptake. What about a scaling now down? Now there's heavy what metals. Do you, what do you think about a scaling down? What it, Like where you start is a, because let's say you're finishing bloom at a high PPMs and now you start to scale down throughout a, 10 day process and you go each day it drops 300 p 200 ppms you know what i'm saying towards the end you know i'm just i'm just playing devil's advocate what do you think about that it type work. of it can I, work because well the key is never going from zero to 100 or 100 mm-hmm. to zero mm-hmm. right so you always want to go gradually. shock now if let's say for example you ran your whole grow and you didn't get any runoff the plants didn't have any problem with it but if you test your runoff, it's like 2,500 PPM right now. But what if your inputs were only like seven or 800 PPM? Now it started built up through the whole run. You would think, oh, I'm going to flush it with just water or something light. But you want to flush it with whatever you've been feeding. So that 800 part, part per million is fine. You'll just keep flushing with that and it'll eventually come down because this is numbers starting is down below this number. You yes. see what I mean? Your problem was you just didn't get the runoff the whole entire run. That, and that most beginners would, yes, exactly. You're right. We'd go that route. Would say like, yo, it, you're, my plant has too many PPMs. Just flush it with plain water, flush it all out, and we'll start over. Well, Versus saying, let's just feed it what it needs. From and just that 100 it. to zero, yeah. your plant's going to fade too quickly. You're going to start to see, oh, no, shelf life oh no, it's not going to burn as white. It's not going to, you know what I'm saying? So there's, you don't want to do that. You want to cut the plant while it's alive, Mm -hmm. but the minerals are balanced right. You know, you want to have it. So it's the molasses. If, if you're doing this, sometimes you're in a sterile situation with high EC. Remember I was telling you about the carbon delivery, this, there's a, there's a middle ground, like a synganic, if you will, you know, so you don't have to have synthetic nutrients either. You can have organic. Supposedly, Athena is, is organic. Supposedly. I, you could look it up, oh. but they're supposedly organic and going to get a, uh, a certification. So they could make organically derived chemical-free process and put it in the salt form all day. So, um, I mean, I don't know how exactly yeah. organic that would be considered, especially if you're running it with cleanse and at the high EC. You, you know, you're, you're taking organic materials, but running it in a synthetic way, you know? It's interesting because that's where my I had years and years ago, I had some older growers telling me this is where it'll go. It'll go for synthetic organics. People will derive or uh, nutrients, quality nutrients. I'm not saying like salt based, but just the benefit quali- you know. of hydroponic nutrients. Mm-hmm. It's readily available for the plant. Yeah. So if you see a deficiency, you can quickly just correct it by it's giving surgery. It, boom. Yeah. One dose of hydroponic, and you can almost see it change overnight, especially if it's nitrogen. You can almost see it overnight. Yo, I'm here at Grow Generation, and what do they have? One of our sponsors, Lux Lighting, the highest quality components designed in Los Angeles and distributed globally. Go to luxlighting.com to find out more and find out what all the big grows and all the pros are using to grow. Hey, so we want to give a major shout out to a premier sponsor of the show, 
can fan we've been rocking with can fan since the beginning of this thing i remember when black leaf came to me and said hey when you're smoking inside you should really hook up a can fan can fan with a can fan fan and then a controller to control that fan so when you're smoking light up boom cut the fan on you don't piss your neighbors off keep everything kosher and i know that black leaf only found that out because of one reason I mean, essential in smoke rooms, essential in grow rooms, same thing. We're killing smell. Can filters, can fans. The product line is essential in any grow room. We've been rocking it for a decade plus. First smoke of the day, can filters, family. Yeah, it's like the difference between surgery and medicine. It's like I can go in and be like, bop, bop, fixed. Mm -hmm. Versus like, let's feed this plant and over the next two weeks, it'll start to get better. You know what Fast. I'm saying? It's like that type of, what about black ash? <sighs> <laughs> I want it's your opinion because I want to put this out there because there's such a debate on this. He's right. It's a safety feature. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> black ash. But, and so people you don't burn yourself, remember? <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, no, black ash could be uh, chlorine, copper, heavy metals, um, organic materials, sugars that don't convert fully to starches. Late sprays. Oh, man. I don't know about that one. Just I didn't right? even factor that in, but God. You know, when it comes to spraying, the only thing that I would ever touch my plants with is safe soap. God forbid I had to hit them with some soap. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I said it again. There's Count that one. Make sure you count that one too. But <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said it for a while. You got one. You're good. You're good. But uh, yeah, so safe soap. And if it's like, uh, say, thrips, thrips is one that soap won't really be able to do. And uh, you'd have to kill it and veg with maybe some spinosad. So a little beneficial bacteria that doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt you. Um, however, you can't spray none of this stuff in flour, soap or spinosad. You're not and if people it. are worried, they can not even flower that plant. They can do it, mom it out, clone those genetics. And if you're really worried, clone out the genetics a second and third time. So you're literally two, three months out the process and then run those into a bloomer. You know what I'm saying? If people are worried about doing a dip and then like, oh, now I'm going to grow that as a plant oh. in my bloom, you know, it's like you, know, you can go I multiple generations off that. You know, if, if you're worried, something like crazy, like Abbott or something, I would oh, just God, never touch not. that. Yeah. People just need to realize why not like before it was like chasing the tail of the issue where it's like, why are these problems happening? Okay. Well, if you're having powdery mildew, I mean, these are big, but like you're, you're not controlling your environment. You're having uh, you know, swings in your environment with humidity and humidity. temperature and you can't control it. So you're, you're losing that battle and you're always going to chase that with sprays. Humidity is like double time because it's blocking the calcium uptake, which we learned calcium helps prevent powder mildew. There you go. So now it's blocking that. And on top of that, it's humid. So it's going to be the, the right environment for mold to grow. So mm -hmm. those are like two strikes that you can fix easy. Just fix your humidity and add some amino acids. Yeah. Boom. And every time we have and a spore, it's in the air and it's on the plant. Two, so it's two a two key phase. Amino acids. Yeah, yeah. L-glycine and L-glutamic acid. Those two opens up the roots like, like straws. And the calcium is taken up a thousand times greater. Do you have a product that they could use like that? Is uh, it you could use, uh, if you're in soil, you can use raw amina. You can use that one. Or uh, they have, uh, it's the same brand, but it's for hydro. I think it would be the amina, amina, aminas something like that, raw aminas. And then the other one is amina with an O up front. So they kind of just switched the word around, but. Epic. Yep. It, it comes with a little bit of nitrogen. So obviously, uh, well, with nitrogen, plants assimilate every bit of nitrogen. 
and it's going to take 20% away from photosynthesis, whether it's going to use the nitrogen or not. And it's going to have to assimilate it regardless if it's going to use it or not. So you just be easy on it. It's got a high nitrogen. It's like 1600 or something like that. But you're only giving it a little bit. And there's other products that contain a lot of these amino acids too. So you can, you know, kind of get them certain things like uh, if you're using some in certain enzymes have it. Certain bloom boosters contain amino acids. Uh, a lot of everything that Botanicare has has amino acids in it. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Be, they put it in there to, to hope that you're successful. You know, mm -hmm. these guys are so they don't tell you all the things that are on the bottles all the time, but listed wise. But they'll say like, oh, it has this, this, and this, and this. And you're like, why? And then see, see it on the bottle, but they don't have to. That's yeah. the nutrient game. So it's crazy. It is crazy, and it makes all the difference. Your inputs, they make right. all the difference. And, you know, I was doing a microbe. I had a microbe company. It was called Bricks Balance, right? And this, it was 14 microbes. And the key, I'm not even really worried to share it because I, it's out of business right now because of the manufacturer. So all this COVID stuff and everything going down, the manufacturer's, like, done. I can't move forward with manufacturing. Done. Like, well, okay, then who do I have make this? <laughs> This is like a blend, like a nice 14 micro blend that works so well. You know, we pick these microbes. When you're making a, a, a beneficial bacteria, you have to think. Some will actually do what, like nitrogen, and take some away from photosynthesis. Mycorrhiza, it takes 20% of photosynthesis away from the plant. When it, why? Because the plant has to draw, it's like this. Mycorrhiza's job is to break down phosphorus. Okay, so... Uh, what happens there is the plant is going to draw it in. Come on, break down the phosphorus, these large molecules that I have. So it's going to feed sugar. It's going to shoot sugar out. Now, what's going to happen? The microbe is going to create a carbon delivery of phosphorus. So we're talking about the organic that's a carbon delivery. Living soil, you were talking about that. And if we we're going to do phosphorus in the other way with salts, we're going to have to raise the EC, do this, pH it, jam it into the roots without the microbes. Okay. So the microbes do that. Now, if you're feeding that soluble phosphorus on top of mycorrhizae, the plant's going to push away the bacteria. Did you know that? So mycorrhizae is useless if you have, if you're, look at the back, if you're using a bottle of nutrient and it says 6% uh, soluble phosphorus, 4% soluble phosphorus, whatever it may be, soluble phosphorus, that soluble phosphorus, it's going to push the mycorrhizae away. Because why would you call in the chef if you already got the meal on the table? You see what I'm saying? So if it doesn't have uh, the meal on the table, it's going to call it in. Hey, I, this molecule's too big for me to break it down. Be my chef. They're the chefs. Microbes are the chefs. They're, they're the doctors of the plant. They, you know, we're seeing these, these HL, PVD, these viruses, right? And I've had mine tested even before this clone drop. It's clean. Now, I inoculate my plants immediately. I pop seeds into biointelligent living soil. So it's the endophytes are encoded in the roots immediately, giving a superior chance for that plant to grow versus uh, uh, someone born with no microbiome and a test tube baby, essentially. You know, which is your mother passed down at birth? It passes down bacteria from the womb. If you have a C-section, you miss that. You know, and in the, in the 
milk and everything, you're getting beneficial bacteria, probiotics. And that's setting you up for a superior chance in life. You're not going to have as much allergies. You're not going to have as much, you know, when you're born around a, a you know, even a lot of animals, a lot of roaches, a lot of things, a wide diversity, you're less of a chance to have asthma and things like that if you were just been shielded from it all and no bacteria. So bacteria to me is, is key. What is this bacteria? This bacteria is found in the soil too. It's found in the soil. The same bacteria is found in the soil is found in our guts. How's that? Well, that same bacteria is growing our food. Then that food, we chop, we eat it, and we feed the bacteria in our stomach. When you eat a kale salad that was grown, beneficial bacteria, when they grew the kale, and you ate that kale salad, you're feeding the beneficial bacteria. You're not feeding your body. You, you don't rub kale on your skin and it absorb. Uh-uh. You have stomach acids that break it down and feed the bacteria. Then the bacteria turns it into amino acids and building blocks to life. Why do you think a cow has all this muscle, but they never eat a steak? But you have a, get a steak out of a cow. Well, how is that? Because it's got four stomachs and it's eating grass. And that grass is turning into amino acids and proteins and creating meat, creating that protein. So think about that. The same bacteria that grow our food, break it down, that feed the plants, feed us. And we want to cut that out of our weed. That's like cutting out the medicinal. That's cutting out. It's giving more chance for cancer if you smoke that weed. Think about it. I w I'm not a doctor and I won't, I'm not going to say that because people grow Athena. They grow with cleanse. I, I don't mean to just mention them and single them out, right? There's They're so just the biggest. They're one of the biggest and they yeah. have something called cleanse. So, and, and it's naturally because I told you they have to revolve around that. Otherwise, if you don't have something like a, a hydrogen peroxide, we'll just say, I don't want to call Athena out. We'll just say like, uh, you know, hydroponic nutrients in a peroxide program, right? So hydroponics, a nutrients, sterile, basically a, a sterile, sterile environment. Yeah, Let's yeah. just call it that. Okay. So, uh, you know, shout out to Athena. You guys are organic with the cert. If you, if you run Athena without the cleanse and microbes, boom, you might have some fire or whatever. And, you know, not saying that maybe with the cleanse is fire. My boy did it. It turned out, his last run turned out good. So he, did, he didn't even use soil, he used Tuper and Athena and boom, fire weed. So, it, uh, you know, uh, he grew some Gary Payton and A1 loved it. If you know, a, remember A1, rest in peace. He loved that Gary Payton. I love that Gary Payton. So he had, ethic has a touch, man. He puts that soul in the chef and, and shout out to, he did that with Athena. So that's a point, point up for them. I don't want to talk bad about them, but that sterile situation, it worries me. It worries me in a human, you know, that's like taking antibiotics every day. It, you're bound to fail one day, right? And now we do see plant viruses we haven't seen. Well, what about that? Hops latent. That's the big one everyone's talking about these days. And my theory is it came from CBD and hemp. I think the CBD and hemp market blew up so fucking big that all these viruses, and you saw how poor the, the health was of all these farms, bro. We were seeing pictures, all the viral pictures of crazy aphids that are, you know, and bugs and frozen plants and all just the craziest shit you ever saw were these fields where people planted these hemp genetics in masses. Well, guess what you get? You get new viruses. You get, and they're taking hundreds of thousands of cuts and putting them in the same places with the same scissors, with the same clone gel. You right. already know they are because they're, they're like, this shit ain't even worth what weed is so why would we treat it like that that's the thought with them they're like this is biomass you hear that all the time this is biomass 
So now you get all these rare fucking diseases that either came through hops into CBD flower hemp and then transferred into cannabis or came from hemp and made their way back into just from horrible techniques and horrible, you know, just like you would any other disease. But man, I, I, that's my theory. Cause like we didn't have all this crazy shit like this. You would, hear, you'd have dud cuts, you'd have a dudded cut and you'd be like, Oh, that's like a lowers kill that thing. Right. It just didn't grow as good, but not to where you'll literally lose a genetic. Now, if right. you treat it, if you have it, like people trade cuts, you take that one cut and you share a reservoir a recirculating reservoir with the rest of those cuts in that. Oh yeah. And now you have hops laden through your every single mom and your whole mom room's infected and you lose everything. And now I look back on strains. Like we had enchanted cookies cut that got hit real bad. And I had thought at the end, I think that's what happened to it. It just got so poor health that CBD genetics were like the thing of like, if you have a rare CBD genetic, bring it in. And I almost remember being like, I think we brought a CBD genetic in. This is years and years ago. And it fucked up the enchanted. We just ended up throwing everything away. Cause like we used to just call it a dud. They're dudded, throw it away. But it came from that, in my opinion, man, it's like that, that horrible health of plants. And it may not be that we're just cutting out all the bacteria. Cause there's a lot of people that grow in living soil, mm-hmm. but you know, it would help to have that guard up, you know, in my opinion, to have a guard it's up. It's a shield. It's a, it's a he- extra helper, you know, the medic for the plant. I don't know how much is it gonna, really going to block now if it comes in contact with the virus or what, but it, it may help. It may not, you know, at this point, but. Uh, Healthy plants, you can't I, lose. I, I, wanna, I wanted to, my mission was, you know, I had a microbe company. I was trying to put the microbes back into the game, you know. Uh, Cam, Cam Cannabis, shout out to Cam. They had a strain called Sharklati, mm-hmm. or they still have it. Maybe I like I like the Sharklati, but there was a couple batches that just didn't burn. Sharklati or Sharklato? Sharklati. Lottie. It, it was like a, supposedly a biscotti and a Sharkoji. Mm-hmm. Had a kind of like gelato forty one biscotti esque to it, so I like that. And um, I was getting a couple jars here and there. It was burning good. Then it didn't like it wasn't as consistent. So I kind of like hit him up. I was like, yo, what's going on with this? I like your brand. I want to see this shit burning right. And I told her, I was like, yo, what are you using? So I don't know exactly how much I could say, but they, they used some of my microbes in the end and it was burning white, nice and white and proper doinks did a review on it. Like it was talking about how it was nice and burning clean. And that was the batch of the shark laddie. They used the, uh, Bricks balance on man, and it, it was it's a good microbe. I used to flush with it and everything, and I just it's I miss it. But it, one of the keys was lactobacillus. It has a lactobacillus acidophilus in it, and that kind of is a cleanser in the soil. Breaks down bad things. It keeps the bad guys in a headlock, so the good guys can thrive more. So it's wow. Why why does your microbe work so well? That's one reason, lactobacillus. So you you familiar with Mountain Botanicals? That guy. No, no, man. You guys would be like best friends, bro. I'm just being honest. Mountain Botanicals is a guy and he makes all his own elixirs. He calls them and he feeds his elixirs in it. But I just, the way you talk, the passion. I know guys that kind of do my same recipe. No till they Mm -hmm. use lactobacillus off like, you know, cheese, cow farm, this certain thing. Like they get all natural stuff and man, I commend them. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to do that. Oh, you go uh, the long way. And yeah, yeah. You go the long way and it's, some things you can't do when you're using like 
uh, say, a soluble nutrient with a bunch of organic biostimulants to steer quality. You know, like, for example, uh, raw nutrients I mentioned earlier, those are kind of like a lab grade nutrient. So it would be an organic nutrient in a chemical free process, but still, you know, if you're using the three part or the, you know, you're still in a salt delivery in some of those nutrients, the biostimulants are organic. So you're kind of like, um, they're doing a mixture there in that. So I think that's cool. As long as it's clean, that's, I mean, above food grade, as long as it's clean. So, but that's not the same as a bed of living soil with worms and mm -hmm. things like that, you know, it's a little different, but I feel like I could steer more even, even without the worms and with this, without, I can, okay. Did you know about uh, humic acid and kelp together, right? Five parts humic acid, two parts kelp turns on enzymes that do over a hundred reactions a second. Okay. So when you're doing this sort of thing, you, you're spoon feeding, you're doing, you're like, man, my, my nutrients are going to be soluble today. I'm going to feed the band. I don't have to wait for this, you know, reaction. The plant doesn't have to take 20% of the energy away to pull the phosphorus and, you know, mycorrhizae and all that stuff. So you're kind of still skipping some processes, you know, but, uh, it's, it's tough. In the end, the more organic way, if you can get it done, the more all organic probably would smoke better, but it's not all organics are reaching the highest bricks. If you don't have the high bricks, then what it, at the end, what is it? You see? So you're all organic, but you're poor, you have poor if, plant health. And so at the end, you end up harvesting a plant. You're like, yeah, this is organic weed. And it's like, yeah, it still it. smokes like shit. There you have it. So if you go to the, the grocery store, you can start testing the strawberries that you get. And just because this one says organic and this one does it, you could actually see what the quality of the fruit on each one is, you know? So with a bricks test, with a bricks tester. Yeah. You could actually go to the grocery store and, and test your, and your that would mean it has a higher nutrient content with a higher bricks. I had kiwis that were testing, like they were yellow key, golden kiwis. And I'm sure they're going to test higher. They're sweeter. But they were hitting like 20 above 20% bricks, man. And that man, they taste is so good. Uh, I don't know how normal. I tried to find a chart, couldn't find a chart. Only thing it said harvest it when it's above eight percent bricks. I don't know if that's normal kiwis or the yellow ones, but wow, uh, those were really good. Sometimes I'll get berries that were like six, seven percent bricks and uh, blueberries. And they say organic. You have to make sure you're doing all those processes. You mm. you know, it's harder to do if you don't if you're not able to spoon feed a little bit, you know, and if you're spoon feeding, make sure you're using all chemical, you know, organically derived chemical free process is still clean. So if you're going to use a base, that's a salt base, make sure it's clean, not a synthetic. A lot of them have a lot of uh, what's radiation. You can look at the radiation and the potassium. You can see the heavy metals in the nutrients. They don't show them on the bottle. They say, Oh, go here for the radiation count. Go here for the heavy metal count. But you can check it out and see mm -hmm. how clean your nutrients are. So it's good though. That's some states are actually testing for that in the legal market, heavy metals and people fail. Yes. So they won't, they just so people it. know, so they're not scared, but it's like, yeah, a lot of places, some states, some this, states this, do test for heavy metals. This is tested for heavy metals. Awesome. Octane. Love hearing that. Yep. I have the whole, I could show you, pull up the whole thing. I, it's passed a full COA in California. Mm -hmm. So, and I added the Terps test and everything. So what, what it is, is uh, I use Greenleaf Lab. And man, I got in with them pretty early. So like through the, uh, now it's like, you have to be a licensed thing, but shout out to them, man. They're really cool. They, they know me. 
I've already been a customer, so it's like cool. They'll still test my weed, and uh, I think the highest the octane hit was it was thirty two point two percent, and it was three point one four percent terps. It was decent, a decent test, not the highest in the world, not the lowest, but it uh, it was cool. In the past, the heavy metals. There's a particulate test, a foreign object test, mm -hmm. mycotoxins for molds, all that passing. So. That's the yeah. thing people want to hate on sometimes California weed, but we have some of the most stringent testing of any state. So the weed that does pass testing has been tested for heavy metals, powdery mill. Like there, you know, I know there's a debate now that now they're not testing for powdery mildew, but we've had the most stringent testing so far. And they do need a test for powdery mildew, in my Think opinion. Why wouldn't you? It's Think crazy food, not to. Though. They don't test our food. I know. I know. That's the craziest shit. That'll really spin your head that the weeds it's tested a hundred times more than the food. Same with water. I mean, they're just now calling out the water companies for literally running tap water tap into water. bottles. Microplastics too, mm -hmm. you know? Because we talked the, about this before. It's like even, back in the day, you used to just fill a cup up maybe with some ice or something out of the, out of the tap. Even or, if it's, you know, a, oh, go ahead. My bad. And then bottled water came out and it changed all that. And you just think that, oh, bottled water is better, but you can maybe talk about the, the plastic and the BPAs from. Well, even if it's glass inside the lid, okay, oh. under the cap, there's a certain chemical under the cap. So even, you know, good big brands that I was drinking recently, like, man, now I'm realizing. Because I go to that ecocenter.org and I see things I shouldn't have seen, but I see it. And uh, there it is. They have something called under the cap and, and they have tested over 300 brands, I feel like. And over 47% come up with toxic, like some. What's a, what's a good water brand? Shoot, man. I, I was drinking Mountain Valley, but. That's an issue. It's an issue for them. Man, these and, companies look out okay, for that. Whole Foods has promised and vowed to not use that in their lids. Whole Foods is one of the, uh, so if you go on the ecocenter.org, a few brands vowed to change, just a few, out of like 47% tested for weird chemicals or whatever. It's and expensive, that's why. In the lid, and it, it'll leak with heat and certain things, you know, of course. Wow, that's man. Uh, you gotta think about vegetable oil. It's not made from vegetables. It's not, it's a soybean oil. It's not a vegetable. They say vegetable oil. This is like a health halo. And then how do they make it? With hexane. The canola oil and all that is made with hexane. So it's, you think, oh, I'm just smoking rosin and I'm, I'm doing living a solventless life. You're not you're, if you're eating vegetable oil. Because vegetable oil is tainted with hexane. They don't test it. Remember Which how is we, French they test fries. Your rosin, right? But they don't test your... <laughs> look, they check this out. Once they do that, it's inedible. So they, they, they do this hexane process. It's inedible, right? What do they have to do? Like us. What do we have to do? We gotta purge the oil or something, right? So what do they they de-bleach it? Then they de-wax it, de-gum it, deodorize it. They do all these things to it. Strip it. In the end, it has no flavor, no smell, no nothing, not even a color, and it's lighter in color and it's distillate. It's, it's the distillate. distillate of that. And and they've tested it and it's came with hex hexane residue, which is a what? Neurotoxin. So is that good to eat? No. And fried foods. What about fried? We could talk about this. Man, fried foods is horrible. Fried, there's no oil that is made for frying food. When you heat up oils to that uh, heat, it, it oxidizes. Oxygen species gets created, even if you heat it up a little bit. So frying foods, it's just good to avoid that. 
Now, if you're talking about something that's in a whole nother danger of itself, that's a deep fryer. That's continuously reheated foods. That's in a whole different danger category of its own. You know, that's scary because we're every day in other countries, they don't eat potato chips with lunch. Potato chips are a party snack. You'll eat it once a month, maybe. <laughs> maybe, bro, if you come in contact with it. You might not eat it for six months in other countries. We eat it at Subway. Would you want some chips with your sub? No. That's like. <laughs> but what about French fries? A party. They, I guess they use get different oils. The whole, get into the whole, you know, deep fried stuff and like, what, what are the, you know, what are the dangers? What are the. It's creating oxygen species. Because like we're from the South, man. Like we get raised on fried food. I know I did. I fried know was, fish. I know Biggs did for sure. If you're, if so you're, he was yeah. eating fried catfish. It's, it's dangerous eight because years old. you're changing, nah, chicken and you're dumplings. changing the oil, you're changing it. And it's, it's becoming like an oxidant. Like you've heard of antioxidants. Now this is something that can cause inflammation and low grade inflammation, which is the bottom line on all disease. You know, it's like. Yeah, fr fried food, and there's no oil that can withstand that. If you look at oils, saturated oils and different things, there's no oil that's made good enough to fry. So, I mean, if you were looking at oil, probably uh, ghee, a pasture-raised ghee is the best one to cook with. Then uh, butter, pasture-raised butter, believe it or not, and olive oil. Organic, you know, cold press, certified olive oil like that so and ghee is just cow fat cultured cow fat it's like a clarified butter okay. it's the same butter but they remove the milk fat and it's just the the oil section of it so uh yeah wow and they cook with that in india a lot ghee it's good to know because these people they'll be like oh i'm 100 vegan and then half the stuff is fried foods it really is and it's like you gotta it's so much thought goes into this because we see cancer popping up which just like with the burner episode bro you can look we in your microbiome and see if you're going to get cancer later on it's not hereditary you know what's hereditary your your habits your eating habits that you got from dad or mom or that cake that she gave you or that's what's hereditary that's why you see it running in the family it's a lot of times even if it is a pr more of a chance, you still have to break your system. You still have to eat that sugar to get the diabetes. In most cases, you see, it's maybe gonna happen quicker in, in your case. In five years, maybe you're more pronounced to get it. But this guy eats sugar for 10 years and then he breaks his system, or 15 it takes him, you know? But what happens, eventually you both got the same thing. So it, it, the bottom line is, is your, if you look at your microbiome, an American's microbiome versus say like guy in India, American has stuff that's gonna break down simple sugars. You see, it's gonna break down, we don't need those kind of microbi uh, microbes in our stomach. We need things that are breaking down fiber and you know, real food. Real food has two types of fiber, soluble and insoluble fiber. You know, like uh, you're not gonna find that. You know what they do in the grocery store, you know, bread? Bread is one of the worst things. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. All bread. Most breads, let's say. If it's flour, flour, okay. white flour. What is white flour? White flour is they take out the nutrients, okay? And they take out the fiber. So when you remove the fiber and the nutrients, what do you have left? The starchy thing, this white thing, flour. And what does the starchy thing do? Turns into sugar faster than table sugar. It'll spike your blood sugar faster than table sugar. That's why you get so tired. So when you eat bread, it has a 74 to 100 glycemic index, meaning it can instantly turn into sugar in your mouth, right? So your body's, it's already so processed 
your body absorbs it in, spikes your blood sugar fast. Table sugar is a 65 index, so it's lower than bread. Bread's so processed, you're, it's like eating, <laughs> you know what I mean? Two loaves of bread is like two loaves of sugar on your sandwich. And it's like, then they do this thing, enriched. Oh, it's enriched wheat flour. You know what enriched is? They put some kind of chemical uh, nutrients that's not even half as good as real nutrients from, you know, so enriched is like, you give me a dollar, I give you two cents back. I've enriched you now. It's, <laughs> that's it. You're enriched. You're blessed. Yeah. Done. So what if you, so what the hell do you eat? Man? Yeah. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> What's the next step then? Where do you, you, what do you look for when you're looking for a place to eat out or when you're Pasture cooking? Raised, do you want to eat? If you're looking at an animal, um, uh, Okay, so if, obviously if you're going for produce, organic, you mm -hmm. go for organic, you wash it, maybe vinegar wash it. Still, even on strawberries, they have to spray something. They have to spray, if they're a good person, they'll spray garlic because there's a bug that'll retard a strawberry's growth and they have to spray. And it's in broccoli too. And when you do vinegar, yes. it will literally, it, the bugs will float to the top. You just got to give it a good, yeah. The, that's an old school tech I, I used the to hear bugs in the, the South. broccoli kill me. I, I'm, yeah. I'm like searching. There's a lot. I like search the broccoli now and I'll like complain in the store and be like, yo, your shit is full of bugs. And you have to flip the broccoli upside down and look inside like, and you will see the little tiny little bugs in there like, they look like little aphids and they've yes. taken, they've gone viral videos of people like going to the shop ah. and just opened them up and you can see them in between. I've each. eaten them before without Oh, I'm knowing. sure we have. I remember I one time I found vinegar. it late and I was eating that broccoli. I was like, God damn. Fed it to my dog. I cook for my dogs. So my dogs, I have two little chihuahuas. I cook them organic food. They eat better than most people. So I go, two chihuahuas. One weighs five pounds. One weighs 10 pounds. Lucy and Charlie, right? So, uh, <laughs> I get eight pounds of turkey every two weeks for them. And that's just the turkey. Then it's the vegetables on top. So I get eight pounds of turkey. Uh, then I'll use, uh, what is it? Sweet potatoes, uh, carrots, cauliflower, uh, zucchini, broccoli. Uh, there's uh, shoot, spinach in there. Then, of course, I put a little bit of turmeric. Um, I have a... So you can't really even cook the right nutrition into your dog's food. So you have to add like a nutrient, you know, like a supplement. So I add uh, another supplement on top and then the older one gets CBD. But yeah, I'm cooking an organic meal for them every time. So yeah, and I have that frozen up. I'll cook maybe two weeks worth, keep some frozen and every day give them that. They're eating sometimes better than me. Because the organic, everything organic, you know, from the turkey, everything. But organic turkey is subjective. What do they do? They give it an organic uh, feed. Chicken and turkey is hard to get a pasture raise. We were just talking about the pasture raise. Mm -hmm. So animals store their toxins in their fats, <laughs> right? This is a weird podcast, but we're going to go food right no, now. No, people but like to important. hear this. Yeah. Um, animals store their toxins in their fat. So if you have an animal where they fed it grain, most of the time it's a grain that's been sprayed with pesticides and it's a GMO grain and they're storing their toxin in the fat. That's going to come into your steak or into your butter or into your cheese or your milk or wherever it's going. So important that it eats grass instead of grain. Um, and that's called a pasture raise. And they do tricks like say grass fed. Well, grass fed is when they start it on grass, but finish it on grain so they can still get the money. With the grain, you get a fatter cow and you're going to get a fatter dollar in the end. 
but you're going to also going to get a different bacteria in the stomach because there's going to have to be another bacteria to break down the grain. So that creates a different bacteria in the stomach. When you harvest that cow, that bacteria sprays on the meat regardless. Now, if it's been a grain fed cow and that had that bacteria spray on the meat and you ate a hamburger because it goes into the middle, that's why they say it's okay to eat steak like at a raw, uh, not raw, rare or medium rare, whatever, because the outside gets cooked because that's where that bacteria could have hit. If it was a hamburger, you have to get a well done, well done because it's going to be ground into, and there's a lot of people like, man, I don't care. Everyone, I, a lot of people I tell this, I don't care. I'll eat a rare one. Good. I'll eat a rare one. And maybe your stomach is used to that. You know, uh, I went out with stingy one night. We went and got some quesadillas and bro, oh my God, I had the worst food poisoning. And he's got like the Russian stomach of steel. <laughs> I, I hit him up the next day. He said, stingy. Bro, I had the craziest food poisoning, man. I think it was the quesadilla we ate last night. I don't know, man. Uh, I finished the rest of mine today. I, I finished it. I ate the rest he's, of yeah, He's over there the eating leftovers day. when you called him. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. I'm like, dude. Different people's systems. Russian stomach of steel. Wow. Yeah. Insane. So go for pasture raised. If you can, grass-fed, pasture raised and on your cheese, your eggs, butter, anything if you're eating animal products. And if you're going for being a vegan or anything like that, of course, organic, you know, keep mm -hmm. it. What's some of your go-tos when you're on the go? You know, oh, it's not man. normal. You're this place right here is nice. You got a blessing right Earth next Cafe. to Earth Cafe. We went by Earth Cafe in downtown LA and yeah. it's uh, like you have so many organic options yeah. and they care. They actually like LA makes give it you, a lot easier than most yeah. places. That place is a blessing, man. Really is. Uh, yeah. And, and it was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. You can feel it, man. It's you just got to hunt that, it down. You, you know, you can definitely feel it. Mm hmm. Pesticides cause all kinds of, uh, you know, from cancer to uh, these kind of like, I have it all uh, written in a news article written down. It was like, uh, not Parkinson's, but all these kind of diseases that you're seeing like, wow, that's caused by pesticides? So it's, there's also a pesticide they spray on corn that it'll change your genetic expression. They did a the thing with mice. It literally passes down too. So it'll change one mice's uh, genetic expression. And then if that has babies, it'll pass down to the babies. Is that good for us? And they spray that on corn. I, for, I can't pronounce the pesticide name. It starts with an A. But they spray that on corn like, like it's nothing. You got to get organic to try to avoid that. You know, and we've probably eaten it. Who knows? Probably. You eat it one time, it Definitely. changes. Organic or the, the flip side of this is grow a garden in your backyard. Yes. And do not use these these things in your backyard. I mean, you you have a backyard for a reason. If you could basically put together, I used to know some Jamaicans in Orlando, and they would literally grow a hedge of corn. Then they in front of that, they'd have something a little taller, tomatoes. Then in front, and it would literally scale down. But their whole backyard, front to you'd walk out, open the door, it was all garden because they're like, why would we pay for vegetables? We can grow them better. That was literally their whole thing. And I used to always think, damn, that's very, he's like, we can grow them way better. They taste better. And like, it's easier. And, uh, and, and they just, that was it. And they never bought vegetables. And I always thought, wow, it's, they like, we have a whole backyard. Like it just didn't make sense to them. You know what I'm saying? And I just thought, wow, that's, that's how you solve that issue because really it is. It's scary to go to the store and be like, pasture raised, is this right? Or mm -hmm. is it grass fed or is it, you know, cause then you don't even know, like you really. And, and I'm, 
I'm a little overboard, right? No one wants to even hear it. I'll be in the grocery store and like two teenagers will be there in the, and I overhear them talking. Hey man, we need mozzarella cheese, man. We need some mozzarella. And then I'm like, should I tell them about this or not? Should I let them just eat this dirty mozzarella? Because this is a grocery store that carries the pasture is one. I know it's right there. If it wasn't right there, I'm not going to just go and scare them away. But I was like, walked up to him. I was like, hey, you guys are looking for mozzarella, right? Like, they're like, yeah, man, where's it at? Like, look, uh, okay, when it comes to cheese, you, you're going to want to get a pasture-raised cheese because animals store their, their toxins. If I gave them the whole spiel, let them know about the grains and the pesticides. Yo, bro, this could be in the cheese. And they're like, oh, shit, okay. So they grabbed the, the pasture-raised one. But then I walked away. And I swear they swapped it back with whatever brand they were going to grab. Damn. I'm not sure, but they, yeah, I'm not sure if that really, if they put it back and just didn't get it at all, or if they grabbed something else, but I think they put it back. But they, either way, I don't, I don't want to make you buy them cheese. I was just trying to let the youth know. If I was young and someone told me, I would pay attention a little bit and not everybody does. And it's okay. You don't have to force it down their throat. One time uh, I did that to a, a girl and they were, she was buying eggs. I said, oh, man, it's only a dollar more for pasture-raised. <laughs> and she goes, I'm a college student. Uh, you think I can afford that? And I was like, I'll pay for it. I gave her a dollar if you go and yeah, get yeah. eggs. So I'm not the guy that's just mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll help you. I'm telling you for real shit. I believe in it. Here, take a dollar and buy, yeah. try it. You know, when you look at an egg that's pasture-raised versus like uh, one that's just been eating grain, one that eats grass and worms lives in a normal life it's going to be a dark amber almost orange color on the yolk the other one is going to be a light yellow and it'll scramble super easy this one you're working hard you got to work the wrist flip the wrist to make it scramble you know what i mean and uh yeah so that's that's the story there's a difference yeah and there's more there's more nutrition in this did it start there first or weed first and then went there oh man Probably the weed. And I'll tell you why. Because I had to learn so much about weed. Why not learn about your body, bro? Your eyes. So that's what Everything it. matters. I thought about it. Oh, man, I wear Method 7s. There's a code. If you want to go grab some Method 7s, you can use Greasy and take 10% off on Method 7s. They, you know, they're very, they made, they've always made quality glasses. I remember back in 2010, they were there in the cannabis cups showing us, check this out from the HPS days and they were showing how it from the orange light to boom with their glasses. And I was like, dude, I'm blown away. I got to get that. I think I paid like 200 something dollars for my first pair. They were expensive way back in the day. They're still kind of a little pricey on you know, the method seven, but yeah. Great glasses. One of the tricks we used to use before anyone was up on game is we take would take pictures them, with it. I would take pictures oh, through the yeah. method seven lens and people, I would get so many DMS with people and they'd have the most horrendous orange pictures. Well, they would just be like, how do you get such clear photos? Yeah, clear of the, photos. And because their shit's neon orange with yellow behind it, it you right. know? And it's like, it, that and was like a trick. if you do it with flash, it almost, on some purple strain, look bluish and crazy. Yeah. But you just taking photos through the lens, you actually capture the real look of the plant. Yeah. The only other way is to like flip the lights on and then flip the lights off. And then you can kind of, but it's like, yeah, it is. It's funny. Now everyone's up on game and shit. Now with LEDs, you don't even they need that. They make a lens. Yeah, they, yeah, make, they yeah, make a specific lens, lens yeah. for photo shooting. Right. But phone. even that, it's tough because like shooting photos in cannabis rooms, the amount of light from overhead is so intense that I've even had professional photographers like 
an hour extra to try to figure out how to work this room. You know, can you turn these lights off? Okay. Turn this one back on, turn half of them on, turn this set on. You know, it's like, holy shit. Cause they can't figure out the lighting. Cause there's, it comes in at such a high degree, you know, versus now it's with LEDs. It's different, but you guys going to smoke this octane with me? Let's do it, bro. What do you think about LEDs versus double ended? If you threw a towel under HPS or a double ended and it was a wet towel, and then you threw the same wet towel under LED, what's going to happen? Which one's going to dry out first? The, the double-ended, the All HPS. Day. So which one's going to dry your terps out? You see what I'm saying? Okay, so you believe in LED then. LEDs do produce a little terpier weed. You're going to find, um, it's hard to say, because like I said, remember, it comes down to the grower and the touches, and there's guys that can take a HPS and shit on a guy with an LED, and there's a guy with an LED that can shit on an HPS guy. So it's going to be subjective, but mm -hmm. me personally, I've seen higher tests under my LEDs. So and you I don't believe, look and I've thought, man, I can rock, mm -hmm. I could rock some HPSs, bro. I've been doing that for more, yeah. more than enough years, almost half my life. So some people think the plant puts life. sunscreen on like that because of the, it, the radiated heat, right? Because of that intensity that the plant actually puts on a shield of crystals and a it shield I'm sure of terpenes. Does. I'm sure. I'm sure. But, but it's interesting. Cause I, I like the way you I feel like it also it. evaporates too. I, I believe it probably could too. Cause the, the, again, how hot and do you, know you run your room? You know what? It's not the intense orange light and the heat that's putting that shield on. It's the UV and mm -hmm. there's no lacking in UV and LEDs. So if you're looking at UV, you can steer terps and THC and CBD. You'll take a CBD strain, right? That's a hemp strain or whatever, it, uh, even hemp, for example, where the THC has to stay at uh, 0.3, mm -hmm. for example. But you grow it out in the field and it's doing that fine. But now you're growing it inside with your LEDs and it's hitting 0.5% and a little different. Why? Because of the, the UV is different. You change the UV up and you're going to catch a little different effect. So... There's so many little things that uh, play parts in this. It's, it's crazy. And I'm not a super scientist with the LEDs. They got ones that can read deficiencies now. I don't know if you've seen all that. They, they can tell you if there's a problem spot. They can tell you if your inputs, the plant didn't like it, did like it. They record information. And it's, it's going to be a next level ten game. Ten years. Five to ten years. I think ten years total. Ten years from right now, that's the only lights that'll be on the market will be LEDs, and they'll literally be like what you're talking about, where you can just, oh, I want the spectrum white, and you'll just adjust it a little more. You'll adjust it it'll the be, other way. You'll it, be able to do it on a computer like diagnostics. It'll be like spider mites over yes. here, beep, 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 like or just diagnostics for yeah. a car. I want to raise the white spectrum. Let's lower the red and let's bring this up to white. Oh, there we go. That's the new spectrum we're running. You know, it'll be very dialable. Think about this though. When we first started growing. You would buy a hood. Everyone ran different hoods, but you would probably use the same bulb. A lot of the people, so many Hortolux, the big Hortolux bulb, the eye bulb, E-Y-E. Yes, the, Hortolux is actually my, one of my favorites. So there you go, right? Straight up. But think about how many people super, in the industry use HBS. that light. Right. And then you use a different hood though. But yeah. now it's a different spectrum. Every lighting company has a different spectrum. So now every light you put up is a different spectrum, not the same bulb we used to use. So everyone's weed kind of looked like that's homegrown. Yeah, that's home. Now it can look vastly different.
So, it, it, you know, I'm just saying this because it, it's such a different, now you're adding a whole nother variable where before we all had similar lighting and then we would change newts and environment. Now, even the lighting spectrums are all completely different. So that's why you're saying so many different batches and so many different variables. This batch sucks. This batch isn't, it's like, well, that new LED company they're trying with the new, I used to give you know, 15 guys my candy land back in the day when I would grow the candy land. Great 15, train. 15 dudes I'd give it to. Sometimes they'd bring it back to me and I'd be like, dude, what weed is this? That's the candy land. That's the candy land, bro. I can't even smell it. I can't. I don't even know that. Like, you know, I don't get this is actually uh, the daughter right here. This is the candy land times OG, the octane. Oh, wow. Great combo. In 2010. All right. I had it when I moved out here. So let me back it up. 2005. I learned to grow off of YouTube in a local grow store out in, in the East Coast. Now this grow store was sketchy. Like uh, some old couple bought a bunch of lights and this and that, their house got raided and their dog shot. And so you couldn't really say much when you went in here. You had to like buy something small and just get out. I just grabbed a bottle of nutrients and left like all with cash and some sunglasses and a hat, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't trust this. And that's how it's, we started. It was scary. You didn't know it was illegal. And I actually sat in jail prior to this. So, man, when I was 16, my buddy had a, a plant growing. His dad had this cool seed, whatever. They popped it. And his dad said, get rid of it. Well, I gave him a gram of weed for the plant. It was like in veg. I took it and just flowered it out in my, with a Home Depot light in my closet and 12 and 12 it. And it turned out to be some cool bud. We smoked it. It was like tasty. Like, dude, this is fun. Let me get another plant going. Got another plant going. Midway through it. My house gets broken. This is my parents' house. The stupid kid down the street, like, I knew this kid. He hit me up like, hey, man, you got any weed? Da, da, da. Fool, I'm at work right now. Oh, well, he goes and breaks in my house looking for the weed. I come home. He didn't even get anything. I come home. The, the police were in my driveway because someone was renting a room there. Call the police. They come. They searched the house and found me growing weed. So I, I'm getting arrested. I come home, I get arrested. We didn't think you were going to come home. So I got arrested. Now, this last, and I probation, and I, I don't take care of probation, end up going to jail for eight months over weed, growing weed. And uh, one plant? Yeah. One, they, they try to say manufacturing slash uh, something else, 20,000 or 20 years and some crazy thing. And they chopped it down to possession and then gave me probation. I was going to be cool. But I couldn't stop smoking weed. So the probation... Then they gave me eight months. They wanted to teach me a lesson. So uh, after that, you know, I, I was still interested in growing weed. I didn't start coming back until about 2005. So I'm like learning on YouTube, growing, and I want to do hydro. You know, that air garden shit. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, man, if there was a way to make a bigger one. So I grabbed the five gallon bucket and just put like a pump to it. Someone told me, hey, man, if you put air stones in there, That'll do better. I'm like, no, no way. I didn't. Plants started growing like crazy. Man, it was a whole learning experience of deep water culture. Burn a few plants until you get it. Finally, I got into the point where I'm using like a three-part general hydroponics nutrient growing a beautiful plant. And uh, the problem was it wasn't smoking as well. Like it's beautiful. Looks great. But with that GH three-part by itself, it's really like an empty kind of plant. You're not it's not you need doing more. You want it more. It looks like it's going to get you a lot higher. Maybe it could have been the strain I was growing or whatever. But man, I was not happy. It was it was cool, but it was like I needed to figure something else out. 
when I came to California, I'm still doing my deep water cultures. I want to show everybody my monsters that I create, like these deep water cultures. You see, they grow faster. They become monsters in the deep water culture. It's plant a, can eat anytime it wants, it's, as much as it wants. Literally, you'll, you'll watch this plant grow. Like you'll come back two hours later and it's moved. Like what? Two hours later and it's moved a little bit. And you're like, wow, you can like almost from day to day. And uh, they become monsters, huge leaves, buds frosted out. It, it, the buds look like no other. Everything, it's like, wow. But looks aren't everything in the game. And I was trying to do this thing out here and it got so hot that the, the roots started rotting because it never happens in the East Coast where it's mm -hmm. 115 degrees and I got to fight, fight and fight. And it's getting, yeah, so. Boom. AC's plowing through the room, so it keeps Plant. water temps cool. And as soon as you get over that 78 degree barrier, 77, 78, if you got a, uh, it's, yeah, it's just everything turns to mush. And even on the East Coast, we didn't have the best strains. I, I remember popping bad, bag seeds off like Mexican strains, and you'd come up with some pretty cool stuff. And then I'd pop like stuff from California. I was growing like Blue Dream at the time and different things that came in like bag seed form over there. But when I got over here, I got my education. So five minutes away from my house, there was a dispensary. In 2010, you know those times, there was lots of strains prevalent. I could go to this dispensary, he's my boy. His dad owned it, right? THC Collective. Okay, so this thing, there was like Kim 91, Master Kush, uh, Mindo Perps, like legendary strains, just Afpac Kush. You know, I, I was blessed with the Bubba Kush cut when I came out with this, this Rasa dude. He kind of took us under his wing, gave us a pre-98 Bubba. So I had that. It's already growing Kush. So I grabbed all these other, you're going to want that Afpac Kush, man. You're going to want the U2 Kush. You're going to want this. And I end up with 40, 50 strains. What happens when you end up with 40, 50 strains though? You lose a few good ones and that the health starts to suffer on the overall because you can't keep everything, you know, at and 100%. fresh from the East Coast. I wasn't aware that and mites and mites, mold yeah, yeah. could come along with it. So I was like, that's number one. I was there surfing through this. It was cool. And then all of a sudden, boom, I started seeing, dang, this is this one's a pattern mildew magnet. This one spread it to that one. And you eventually just start over at one point. But it's a good learning experience. And I got to grow 40, 50 different strains. The first thing though, I grew a nice batch of Bubba Kush, brought it to them, okay? And they were like, you grew this? I said, yeah, I grew this. Well, there's a first ever cannabis cup coming to uh, California, medical cannabis cup. We're gonna enter it in. I said, no way, it's in the bay. I said, all right, do it. They put it in a jar and taped it up and like, <laughs> we're not, this is how we're going to cure it. Cause it was fresh. Mm. And, uh, DJ short was the judge. It got third place and DJ short was the judge talking about beautiful, impeccable cure or something. It wasn't cured, but I liked the way he said it. He's a beautiful stone, had a nice cure to it. I mean, it wasn't, we taped the jar. Maybe that did help, but it was fresh, but it was good. Fresh. Weed Bubba. Is, there's nothing like fresh weed. Some people have never had fresh weed in their whole life. They've right. only had packs that were two months, three months old. I mean, the difference between fresh weed and non-fresh weed is night and day for like the psychoactive activity that your brain starts to go through, mm -hmm. the responses, the thought process, the the amount of energy like you get off of fresh weed versus aged weed. It's different. It's a different smoke. It's a different. Do you think so or what? It is. I, I like I prefer like a two month, the resin to cure to, for about two months. So you like after harvest. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So two months, and, I, and I'll do that in a cold curing environment. So I'll take a uh, wine fridge and I'll get the weed to the right consistency where I want it and store it in the wine fridge at in between 45 and 60, mm -hmm. 60 being on the very high, you know, like if it's something that I'm, it's cured and I'm smoking, it's going to be in the 60. Same you keep your seeds at. If you want, yeah. And if you mm -hmm. want to hold your bud for a longer time, probably 45, you can even seal it up really, really well and maybe put it in the fridge in a dark, you know, like, uh, I would do like a couple vacuum seals over a jar and then like a brown bag or something, no light coming in, that kind of thing. And that, and you, if it's dry enough, it'll be cool. Interesting. Very so, interesting. Yeah. And you don't want to open it while it's cold. If you bring these things out while they're 45 degrees and just open it, you're going to get moisture. So you have to let it become room temperature. You got to put a date on it and just not open it up till that date. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to even store like the stuff that I'm smoking, like all this weed is five, six months old. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's very interesting. That's impressive. Cause we, I'm always a big fresh guy, you know, and I'm, I'm like a big within the next for two, three weeks. So it's interesting to hear that, that from you people want to try months old, man, five months old. And you get to try it though. That's what's cool. Throughout the process, you get to try it at week two, week four, week eight, and then, and then pick like, okay, this is my optimal, you know, 12 weeks in is where I think my best weed is. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's, it's a personal. Yeah, I feel like two, two months, it takes two months to properly cure resin, I think. And if you have too much moisture in the jar and you're doing it at room temperature, those are two no-nos for me because it's just going to collect more mycotoxins. It's going to collect more mold. So you have to balance your moisture correctly and then the temperature. There's four things that affect your potency. One is light. Mm -hmm. So using these new Mirion jars or infinity jars that people are getting, those are, are actually like a certain jar that only lets in a certain light it's a little different technology than just it blocks blocking. uv i yeah. think is what it is yeah but and then it lets in a certain other light that preserves which is crazy i'm not sure if that's true but it was like something similar along those lines that it does a little more than just like a black jar would but wow. uh those jars they're nice and you know because one of the things is light next thing is moisture heat right temperature affects it it does not necessarily just heat, but we'll go ahead with light, moisture. And then the last one would be touching it. So those four things are what's going to be affecting your quality. And then too much touching, too much. Let's buck it all off the stem and roll it around in our hands while we trim it. That's not good. Um, Machine trim. You know. Then we'll clean it up after. That's, wet, a, that's most spots. We, I run into mm -hmm. this problem a lot because I want people to trim my stuff on the stem. And it's a, it's a little out of pocket because everyone bucks it off the stem to try to save time. And it's like, they don't want to hear that they, it's going to take them four hours, eight hours to trim a pound. They don't want to hear that. So you got to just pay them by the hours. What I hear some guys saying, like I hear the, cause I, I hear this all the time and I hear people pitching like, all right, well then instead of 150 to 175 per pound, let's switch it to 10 to 12 an hour and just have them trim how, cause like, you're right though, it leaving it to cure. And then, you know, yeah, it's interesting. Cause it's like, it's very personal, bro. You know, like you said, you, you believe this is the exact way you get the best weed possible. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, it's a whole process and preserving the terps is important because a lot of them in, in these gassy strains are volatile. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, when I created Octane, I didn't even mean to create it. Like it wasn't like I set out to create a gassy strain. You never know what you're going to create. When you, when you make seeds, you don't know what you're going to get. 
you do know, but you don't know. Like, so I had acquired a cut. I was hooked on these cannabis cups. I went to the cannabis cup in 2013. Uh, Kyle Cushman, shout out to Cushman and Buds and Roses. Well, it was, it was a little early on in their career, I think. Not too early. They were, they were well respected. One of my homies took a picture with a Cushman, actually, matter of fact. And Bogglegum was there. Rest in peace. Bog was there. Bog Seeds. So we went to Cushman's booth. It was Buds and Roses was like him and Buds and Roses collab. He had a, a box full of Girl Scout cookie clones. And I noticed a little PM on it. I said, oh, man, all right, now we're going to skip over these. So we went to somewhere else. And we're going down, you know, we see, we see this granddaddy purple booth and this guy in a wheelchair. Who's this? This is Ken Estes. And uh, he opens up his hand and shows us some weed. Purple buds, just loud cookie smell. Like that, like the cookie you were looking for. You know that, and it's all purple. Like, yo, what is that? Is that, is that Girl Scout cookies? Can I buy that? I want to smoke that. No, no, we can't sell weed here. But I can sell you the exact clone. It's Candyland. Sell you the clone if you want. Or I'll have seeds. So, no, fuck no. Give me, my boy's like, get the clone, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, all yeah. right. Let's get the clone. I bought one clone and he's like, behind my back, he's like, how many you got? So I have three clones. I'll, I'll take all of them. So he bought all of them. My homie like bought the rest. Then I was like, why are you buying them? Later on, he just gives them to me. Bro, how are you going to get one? I want you to grow this shit. You're going to fuck. If you fuck that up, then what? It's like, a good friend. Yeah, he, he really want That same dude is also the result of this. He started trimming in Humboldt at one point. So he was, a, he was trimming in Humboldt, got good with these dudes. They got 10 pound plants, all kinds of varieties. But the OG they had was the one that they wanted at the end of the day. That was the one. So frosty OG out there in Humboldt. Okay, he wanted to get a cut. So it took him a long time. He got in there and got a cut. Then he's like, dude, I'm doing a warehouse with this cut. So he does a little warehouse. I'm like liking this OG. Dude, I need to cross this to Candyland, bro. So we, I took that, crossed Candyland to itself, and crossed Candyland to OG. Boom. I popped like three. Sometimes when you make a cross, I'm, I was novice at this point. I didn't really know a lot. And I'm thinking, when, after I popped, I judged the three or four beans. I judged it. Like, ah, this, there was like not, it was leaning in a weird middle ground it wasn't like an og it wasn't like a cookie it was one was like leaning here and leaning there and i'm like yeah i don't know if i'm gonna pop these i sat those seeds in the cupboard from 2014 all the way to 2017 and then i smelled cereal milk yo shout out to powers man that's a real dude and he's got good genetics and i'm sure he's got a huge tolerance i would love to smoke with this man i need we need to connect because our, our genetics are real similar from the same time Candyland and OG is what snowman cookie and OG. We're pretty close. We're rocking the same two powerhouses, cookies and OG, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, shout out to powers, man. I smelled the cereal milk and I go, dude, I made a cross just like this. This is what's going to be famous. I said, man, let me pop some seeds. I told powers this too. I told Kenny, yo, dude, you're the reason why I even popped this found the octane. I wasn't even gonna pop these seeds until I smelled the cereal milk and thought, well, what the fuck? If this is what's going down, let me see what I got. Because I've done this cross, you know what I mean? And it's wild. I didn't even know what cereal milk was. No one said it was cookies and OG. I just smelled it. I was like, man, I got sweet just like this. So popped it around. You have some that leaned kind of tall OG. Lots of stretchers. They're both stretchers. The, mama, the OG was a stretcher. The Candyland was a stretcher. 
octane's a small little short plant. And if you look at, well, where did the Kush come from? The Hindu Kush, it came from the mountains. Well, how's it growing in the mountains? Tall and stretchy? No, mm mm. That happened afterwards in breeding. You see, if you think about it, some of the really, the recessive traits are coming from that hippie trail, are coming from short, stocky, mountainous plants that can handle wind, not these tall, tropical kind of, get blown over in the wind. And octane is a short, stocky, gassy, crazy thing. It's like, whoa, I think it's recessed past before the OG because this is more OG than that humble OG, which is crazy. Tapped into like grandma and granddad, you're basically saying. Yeah, yeah. Some interesting stuff. And then when you cross the octane, you come up with, it's, it's one of the greasiest things in the garden. So when you cross it, it's just goo and like power. It's hard to, it's hard to find losers. When you find a lot of winners off of a cross, you're like, wow, this is a good breeding tool. You know? Yeah. Maybe we could, there's so many directions. I've crossed uh, octane right now to rainbow belts. I crossed pistachio to rainbow belts. Got a bunch of different ways to go. I even have an old school strain called uh, orange velvet underground cross to OG. And that's coming out. Orange, it's like oriental spice. I've never heard of that one. No, that's old school genetics. Orange velvet underground. Orange velvet underground. It has like a slight. Is it an orange type turkey? Oh yeah, it's like oriental spice orange, but a honey orange, like a. That's crazy. Not a tangy orange. It's a more honey orange. It's more. That's a good name right there, honey orange. It might be. We have to. Right now, it's in it's in the phenotype in the pheno hunting stage. So glazed honey. We're gonna have to see. When you know you have a keeper and you're going for a name with it, it's like you said, it's based off of just the look and smell every time, huh? You don't, you know, it's like you walk through the garden week six, seven, start to smell things. You know what I'm saying? What's the process there for you? Okay. So um, depending on the strain, right? So I'll, I'll see the parents and think about, okay, well, for example, back in the day, this is an interesting one. Uh, Green Door had the old cherry pie, which was like a green cherry pie. I don't know if you remember this one. Mm -hmm. Man, that was a cool cherry pie, but it would be like kind of dry sometimes. And some people didn't like, the, you know, the fact that it, when you grow it, it comes out a little drier and it's a little harder to cure and this and that. And it had a lot of seeds. The original one, it was prone to Hermian. That cherry pie got crossed to the cookies, right? And it was so nice. It was chocolate, cherry, hashy, gassy, similar like that jar of OZ Kush that you pulled out. Mm -hmm. Similar, but a little more deep body, a little more cherry, you know, chocolatey. But man, and when you hit it, it just coated your mouth with resin. And with a bong, you'd wipe the resin off your lips off the hit. Like, you know what I'm talking about? A hundred percent. You're like, what is this? The folks on this bong. You could taste like an edible sometimes. Resin. You could lick it like, damn, mm -hmm. I'm taking an edible and a bong hit. It's like chapstick. <sighs> yeah, coating your lips. So <laughs> For real. That was dope. And I actually ended up getting a, a platinum cookies that had a bag seed in it back then, right? I'm not like too fond of bag seeds, but when you find something special, sometimes you find good shit in bag seeds, right? The weed guys. OG originated in a bag seed. Did it not? It came from the what, TK Origins room and- I think probably some seed. of the biggest strains in history of cannabis are bag seeds. I would venture to say 75% of the biggest strains in the history of cannabis all came from bag seeds. So I, I grew this not knowing what's going to happen. Just pop this little platinum cookie seed. Man, it smells like cherry cookies, bro. Mm. It smells like that cherry cookies from the green door. And this is where the 
platinum cookie came from the green door. But I'm like, wow, where, this is, I got the cherry cookies now, guys. And I hit that to Candyland along that time when I was crossing. So that got hit. That got hit again accidentally. So when it, when it got hit, it improved it and I kept it. It was still cherry, chocolatey, gassy. And it actually yielded a little more with the Candyland in it. It brought something special. I let go of that strain. Before I let it go, I saved some bag seed off of that. And that was probably the Candyland throwing pollen. Because I remember a time the Candyland hermied out later on after that. And I got rid of it. The Candyland after maybe 2017, I cloned a clone of a clone of a clone. And didn't have fluorescent lights. Didn't have LEDs. So it was like the mother health started fading. And then when you wanted to flower it, it was saving itself by fucking herming. So at that point, I got rid of it. So I got rid of the Candyland. But it, it, I did save those seeds. And now that I like did my own thing, I was thinking, fuck, I want to bring that seed back. There was like three bag seeds I found that was I labeled Cherryland. So that was like the Candyland with the cherry cookies. Find two a stable of them, one. Yeah, Ooh. two of them was two or more mutants. One of them came out beautiful, and it's like original cookies though, because it's been doubled up on that Candyland with that platinum cookies in the jeans. So so many times doubling up. It's like a strong platinum cookies dominant with a light cherry. Now, when you're talking about when breeding, what do I look for? Now, all I have to do is cross either a cherry pie back to it to get that or a Skittle strain. To me, there's no fooling me, man. Skittles and cherry pie are related. Somehow, they have to be. If not, that's a very similar terp. There's a very similar, and I can use that terp to get back to the cherry cookies. And I did. I crossed rainbow belts to my cherry land. So now I'm hunting that to find the cherry cookies again. The original. I'm trying to find a terp that I remember from 2012. The only way you're going to do that is if you have the hunter to find that terp. From th- you have to be there to go full circle. You're remaking. You're like going mm-hmm. back to remake classics. Yeah. You're like, if I can get this same OG and this same cut of that, and I can recross these, I can start to hunt back the original cross. I have something called pink octane right now that is, it's phenomenal. Pink octane, it's octane times octane, okay? And this thing is, it's crazy. It's more frosty. It's like a lemon diesel smell. Maybe not quite as like when you bust the nug, it's all pure gas like octane. But man, this thing is I can't wait. I got a run coming. I can't wait to let people. I did a little R&D on it, and now it, the run is coming. So, yeah, the R&D went super crazy. So, And I have that crossed the rainbow belts. I crossed the unicorn to rainbow belts. I, I went crazy on that. I put 15-something strains in that room and bred with it. Why not? If you're going to breed, breed. Throw 15 different things. Throw all, everything you got in there and cross it all. You, you have one know. of the most innovative uh, collab bags I've seen. I don't know if you want to talk about that for a second, but your collab bag is the most innovative collab bag I've seen so far in the market. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With so, Greg Una. It's so sick. Do you want to talk about it at all? I don't know if anyone's going to steal it. That's the only reason right. I say that. I know. Maybe we might have to let that one drop. Yeah, I think I would say maybe watch the profile. How'd you end up getting hooked up with uh, Greg? Greg, uh, man, that's my guy. You know what it really happened? Uh, I followed him through the jewelry. You know, obviously I'm into the jewelry thing and, you know, Mr. Flawless, we've seen him through, you know, years of doing his thing. I watched him want to drop some weed. He started posting G13. I was like, yo, Greg, bro, are you dropping weed? Yeah, man, we're going to drop the G13. I'm like, yo, 
Let me show you something real quick. I showed him some. It was it was actually outdoor lemon cherry gelato that I grew, but it was glistening like a diamond. So I was like, "Yo, bro, you're a jeweler. You want your weed to hit like your jewelry, man. Look at the way this glistens." And I sent him a video of the just shit just going crazy glistening, and he was like, "Dude, hold on. Can you can you uh, send that to my investors?" Okay, so he's got investors. Thing is sizzling again. So he got investors. We got a uh, video to the investors. We jump on a call. One of the investors runs 2,000 lights. He's the head guy. The other guy's there with him in there. They said, look, we're coming to Cannabis BizCon. We're going to come out and see you. White ashes is cool. The looks, the glisten is cool. We got to come see it. See if it's the truth. And that's kind of what Blanco did, pure Blanco. Back in 2020, they, they hit me up. Hey, we hear you have some of the best OG. I said, oh, shit. Yeah, well, I mean, what's up? We want to collaborate, but we want to see it. So bring, bring what you got. And I brought what I got. They signed four strains after we smoked it. We sat in the car. Me, Magix, and Junior Blanco smoking, smoking. They're like, bro, we're sending you the contract. These guys came out before BizCon. Loved what they saw. I gave them a jar of octane and Danny brought that. His name's Danny. He brought it all the way to BizCon and smoked it with Champelli. Shout out to Champelli. He started following me. He's like, yo, I was vibing with Champelli. We smoked the octane with him. He was fucking with it. He loved it. So like, that's dope. We're, we we're want to move forward. So shout out to them. Green Gold Group in Massachusetts. So I'm doing uh, work with them now. They have eight of my strains. They're actually growing for Greg and uh, we're we're gonna me and Ethic are growing for Greg out in Cali kind of thing, and uh, you know because that's his strain. We're just kind of making letting Cali taste it mm-hmm. proper way, and then I'm, I might move out to Massachusetts for a little bit and dial in, help him dial in. Lynn. But I've already taken a trip out there. It looks good. Uh, Dan knows his shit, so his the weed was burning white, the weed that they've already grown. So uh, yeah, they're already they've got like unicorn, the candy yams, they got R ninety three, they just recently picked up the pink octane. So yeah, there's some there's some hitters over there. They got a, more than that. If you don't mind getting Stachio. into just one last, so when you got a hitter like that and they say we want to do a business deal, is it them sending you a licensing deal and you reacting to it, or is it you kind of coming up with a deal that makes sense? You know what I'm saying? How how do you navigate that? Uh, man, that's a tough one. A lot of this, you can kind of, you're really risking getting, you know, screwed over. Right. Mm-hmm. So I kind of collaborate with people that I feel like the vibe is right, you know, and, um, not sharky kind of people. That's, that's one of the, uh, the things that I look for, but contract is cool. You could do a contract. You can, uh, you can talk to like Alien at Law or, you know, those guys that do cannabis law and and kind of write up a, a really tight contract that protects you and and make sure, you know, OK, so like the breeders rights and just certain things that you want. You want to cover certain things, put it in the contract. And if if you feel like you trust them, you don't need a contract. Go for that. But for me, I've I did the contract with Blanco because they wanted to do that contract. But I didn't write any contract with uh, with Greg or um, Green Gold. More about building a relationship. Yeah, I feel like those guys. Um, 
it's a different breed, you know? So yeah, Greg's, they're not sharky at all. They haven't seemed to be sharky at all. In fact, um, when they sat down, we were talking, we started talking about jewelry and certain things. Uh, shout out to Angel City. I was going to get the face diamond on my watch, whatever. And I said, uh, I told him, I let him know they, they lost it. It was like so long because I'm in the grow room and I have to take a trip to LA. To, so I don't even get out of the grow room to take the trip. They made the face for me so long ago. They don't know where they put it. Right. So the guy, he's like, hey, man, my brother's a jeweler. You know, I like your energy. How about I just send a face to you tomorrow? I'll FedEx it. It's nothing. I have that. I'm like, oh, shit. Really? Like, yeah, whether we do anything or not, let me FedEx the face to you. So they did, but it didn't fit. It was for like a 2015 model. I sent it back and just bought the face from Angel. So they found it and I bought it from them and then sent it back to, and they were so nice. They were like, hey man, we really like your energy, bro. We, we want to do something for you, bro. And they, and they bought this greasy piece. I said, make a greasy piece. So they did a greasy pendant. So that was really cool. And part of the deal, like how much do you guys, how, they, were, they were wanting to know how much I want for the strains, this deal. And since it's Greg Yuna, I said like this, Greg's an artist. If I'm making art for an artist, let's trade art. He said, what? I said, yeah, man, make me a piece. Make me a watch together, whatever it is. Let's go. So we're trading art for art. The first one, like you said, sometimes the relationship is more important than trying to get your dinner to go. You know, some people want their plate to go and it's, it's cool. It's cool. Do your business. Do what you do. But I like want to build with him you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying he seems like a, a good dude man and so far it's it's been good you know like i feel like we got something special with this unicorn strain we got some candy yams coming up no one's tasted that i mean uh high mart's tasted that which is uh which is cool shout out to high mart with the churros he's a good dude so uh yeah i, I uh let him get a, a jar of the candy yams exclusively but nobody's really tasted that be looking for that man that sounds fire as hell it, i'm ready for that yeah it literally is like boston market candy yams and the color on the hair the orange hair is like candy yam color like wow it all correlates where can people find your stuff where if we're looking for greasy genetics is there is there certain deliveries or certain shops in cali that we can call or hit or is it we got to know somebody yeah uh shout out to don Murphos. a lot of times i got the ash all over here but uh how you know you know let it fall but yeah don murphos uh, might carry some of my stuff sometimes we collab or uh it'd be like big it's big waves or imperial in la mm -hmm. if you know who that is and uh, lock in and lock Tap in. in hell yeah any shout outs man it's been a dope ass episode time yeah. got a little bit away from us but we covered yeah. a lot of shit covered a lot uh, any, any shout outs any last things that you want to add to it Man, shout out to, uh, like I said, Highmart, Kenny Powers, man. I could be here all day. Ethic Farms, my buddy Keys Headstash. You know, it's uh, a lot of people I'm missing, man. Of course, Doja and all the people we came up with, Chico Shine. That's my dog. It's my brother. Oh, man, so too many, too many shout outs, really. But a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that I want to talk about, you know. So hopefully... Hands out, man. We're, we're gonna. I'm gonna keep my head down. I got so many new strains coming, some frosty stuff coming, man. So we gotta have him back on when we have our uh, 
our uh Fino I don't round know, yeah, yeah, the round yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I won't give away song. to the, the audience, but man, you Too you much. have strong passion behind your your you know what i think what cannabis needs to be and where i see it going and and that's what we need in cannabis is we need strong passionate people about the plant no matter what they're guided how i think it you need to get to quality right or get to the end smoke we need passionate people about the plant and if the plant runs your life like i can tell it does yours bro like that that's a you know cannabis is happy to have someone like you like, oh, man, I appreciate you. you push the boundaries. We push the boundary about talking about ash, licensing deals, building something before. It's just passion, bro. This guy exudes it. Oh, man, I appreciate you. And likewise, man, I see you guys full of passion, too. It takes it takes one, you know, to really know and you guys grow. And I love I see what you do on Instagram, bro. And it's inspiring and cool. I love all the cool shit you're doing. All the seeds you're popping. It's fucking amazing. So yeah passion dope and this Everybody. podcast everybody's on a journey this is this is seriously like i tell people about this i'm like yo bro if you don't know about this podcast bro you need to, it's it's popping you, <laughs> you need to know appreciate so, that man and it's Hell going yeah. somewhere it's gonna be like i was telling guys in the east coast about burner i was like yo 2015 hey you guys know who burner is nah man i don't know who that is who's that i was like yeah he's he's rapper kind of he's promoting cookies it's about the cookie weed and stuff oh yeah yeah i don't really know who that is so but now just wait, man. This is relatively the early stages for you guys. I feel mm-hmm. like you guys are start popping. So if you're not already, you know. Thank you, so, bro. You know, I love the Appreciate show. I love you, watching man. it. It's content is 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 a lot of free game. A lot of free game and a lot of legends coming through. I see all these legends coming through. Not myself, but a lot of other le- like no other I guys that say, I consider legends. You laid down so much knowledge today, bro. People yeah, are going to take so game. much out of it. I, I put you amongst the best guests we've had. I, oh. I agree. So it was a phenomenal time. I appreciate you. Yeah, it was definitely a dope time. I enjoyed smoking and chilling with you guys, man. This was dope. <laughs> oh, yeah, this was dope. For real. History lessons and, uh, you know, untold stories. Greasy genetics. It's episode 58, man. First smoke of the day. Peace. Huge. I gotta get what I need and get out of here, man. I'm in a rush. What? Whoa, Blackleaf? Oh, you already what know. What are you doing here? I basically live here. Grow Generation, can filters, Power SI, Athena products, Lux Lighting. Man, I mean, I basically live here. Grow Generation store is the largest hydroponic store I've ever been to. It's crazy. The largest hydroponic retailer in the nation with over 60 locations. So you know they got one near you. It's growgeneration.com and at growgeneration on Instagram. Tell them first smoke of the day sent you. Yo, what type of silica do you use in your garden? We rock Power SI the original all day long. Take a look at this though. We got the bloom. This right here, this is a game changer for any garden. If you want bioavailable silica, Power SI, first smoke of the day. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine. The diamondmine.la, California source for boutique genetics. Powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the diamondmine.la and we're gonna offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter, and see if you can rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la, powered by Blackleaf.